0: second. Yeah, 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 I'm coming. Hold on. Ron? What are you doing here? There's something I need to tell you. Are we alone? Quick, grab anything you can. We gotta go. Is there a back Welcome to the Wicked Planet Podcast, Episode Thirty Four. We're coming at you once again from the haunted garage in an undisclosed location, somewhere within the woods, the rolling hills of New England. With us tonight in studio, we have a dwarf from the forest. But before we get all the, before we get to all that, you know him as Ron from New England. Others know him as the Oompa Loompa. Some. As a flying monkey, but his friends and family know him as Dorothy. <laughs> Ron? What's going on?
1: Hello, everybody. Hey, what is up with all these uh, Wizard of Oz uh, references
0: tonight? I just went with a theme. Because you laid out about four of them. Yeah, I just went with a theme. I, You know, sometimes when you're shooting blanks, just go with... A theme. Yeah, is that what your girlfriend says? Yeah, tired of you shooting blanks. She says when you're shooting blanks,
1: just it just kind of yeah.
0: think of the Wizard of Oz and yeah. all the Oompa Loompas, <laughs> and you'll go from six to midnight. Were
1: well, the Oompa Loompas? Like was that Wizard of Oz, or was that the other one? The Oompa Loompas. <laughs> <laughs> that was it, wonky, what the yeah. hell are
0: the things in? Uh...
1: Yeah, no. What was the little guys? Uh, the lollipop kids. Oh, yeah.
0: Aren't those Oompa Loompas? No. No, those are the lollipop kids. No. Lollipop. Right? Field. No, lollipop. no. 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 Hold on. The Lollipop Guild is a certain sect within that community.
2: I didn't get an introduction, so I'm not speaking for the rest of the. Show. We
0: didn't forget
1: you. <clears throat> we can't hear you anyway.
0: Yeah, you're not speaking in the mic. Yeah, go be silent. Don't say anything. No, but I, no, I'm pretty sure the Lollipop Guild is a sect within the community of whatever the hell those things on the yellow brick road are. What are those things? Anyone? Ron. They're not oopaloopas. I know. They're not dwarves.
1: Although, you They're know, the, I remember when I was a Munchkin. little kid. Munchkin. Ah! Munchkins, that's yeah.
0: it. Munchkins, damn it.
1: Yeah, and Dunkin' Donuts stole that. Friggin' Dunkin' Donuts. So when I was a little kid, you know, we didn't have TV like we have it today. And Wizard In the of Oz. Well, no, but 60s. Ah. And when the Wizard of Oz only came on once a year. And it was a big deal to get all your snacks after you had your tubby, and you washed all your little cracks and crevices and your little private areas—the bomb, the, the bomb of forbidden trees. Oh my God! And you would sit down and you would watch Wizard of Oz. Uh, okay, so what about what kind of snacks
0: did you bring back then? Yeah,
1: uh, I really liked like sal- salty. Like the big deal was that saltines with peanut butter. You know, you would make all the little saltines. Well, you do
0: have a history with peanut butter, so that makes sense. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) And all those dogs that you (laughs) owned. Yeah. We discovered that a while ago.
1: But you know, the thing that always used to freak me out was the
0: flying monkeys.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The flying monkeys used to freak me out.
0: You know, I'm going to tell a little backstory of my life because I know Kristen really wants to know that. Okay, so hold on. Wait, no, hold on. Okay, go. Well, I just wanted to let everybody
1: know that their favorite, Miss Kristen, is back with us once again in the Haunted Garage studio.
0: Boo. Boo.
1: And she's looking a little red-eyed because she had a little activity
0: before we did the show. Yeah, she was doing push-ups and jumping jacks and... (laughs) Some sweat got into her eyes that dripped off of her Oh, brow. is that what it is?
2: It was all the dust. The ghost uh, the dust is actually skeletal remains from the ghosts.
1: You grew up around a body shop, so you shouldn't be complaining.
2: Why do you think I'm freaking sick all the time? Why do you think my eyes look like this?
0: Speak into the mic. Into the mic, but anyway.
1: <laughs> no, Kristen had a little extracurricular activity when she got to the haunted garage studio tonight. <laughs> wow. Wow! Because my pot, my pothead wow. niece was down here, and her and Kristen have been friends since childhood. And hippies. Well, let's just say I smell a little hippies. What we call up here in the Greek community, a little mastuda.
0: What mastuda?
2: I've never heard of the stuff. I did not smoke mastuda. <laughs>
0: no, that's not what we call it. It's either like it's ganja, weed, reefer, reefer, the devil's lettuce. I call it mastuda because that's what we've always called it.
2: Mastura,
1: Mastura,
0: which is Greek slang for pot. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so I had something I had to to share because I know Kristen would really want to know this, but maybe Aaron. But when I was a young lad, just a wee child, a wee boy, I played a flying monkey in a production of the wizard of oz oh you did i did yeah because you did like theater your mom did theater right well my mom's technically a professional actress um and i used to do theater way back in the day no that's cool i played a monkey
2: that's why you're always in tights when you get here
0: (laughs) yes and that's also why i'm so hairy
1: I used to do theater in school. I used to do the drama classes. Uh, my biggest role to date was Mr. Bumble in Oliver Twist. <laughs> when Oliver Twist came up and said, Please, please sir? may I have some more? No, it's please, sir. May I have some more? And I was like, get the fuck out of here with that. You're like, go piss over off. There, Go over there and eat the gruel. Piss off and get back to so doing the your drama chores. So the drama teacher said, cut, cut, cut. That's not the line. Mr. Ron, that's not the line. And I said, oh, I thought we were abliving this, and I thought that that was a good line. He said, well, that was a good line, but I don't think the parents would appreciate it.
0: Ron, I... I expected more from you as a child. It was Mr. Bumble. I had one fucking line. <laughs> <laughs> well, It, it anyway. was not a major role. So... <laughs> What do we got for weather? What's the weather like? Well, it's, it's friggin' hot in this studio. Okay, so everybody is,
1: everybody is bitching because it's nice and
0: hot in the studio. Nice and hot? Because it feels awesome. No, it feels like I'm dying externally. Yeah, it, you guys are all in your t-shirts.
1: You come in here wearing a flannel with a vest. And, oh, it's hot. It's hot. <laughs> it is hot. Okay, it was fucking cold this morning. And it gets cold inside the haunted garage and I don't like to be cold.
2: It was fifty five
1: today. Yeah, fifty five is not hot enough for anything in a body shop. I you mean that's
0: fair. I would imagine Nobody else wants you to be cold either because nobody needs to see those nipples hard. Right. Well, that's true. (laughs) We've
2: never talked about the fire escape plan and the fire is on and it is hot in here. I think my shoes are burning. That's how close the fire is. So which window is it?
0: You're just
1: being over fucking dramatic. Yeah, that's your fire escape. Push the AC out the window and jump out. You'll be fine. I'm
2: going to jump onto the table or down below this. Well, you
1: could do that. You'll be
0: fine. Kristen, if there's a fire, Aaron will carry you out. Oh, that's so sweet. So just hop on his shoulders. So the ha- so the haunted garage
1: is heated by a, by a big gargantuan wood furnace, and it's been doing its job.
0: Too. And Ron, who controls the wood furnace and likes to put it at 110 degrees. I like it hot. So we can all drink and sweat at the same time. Not even sweating. Like it's summer in the middle of fall. Okay, so let's get back at it.
1: The weather has weather. been actually pretty nice this week. It's been kind of unusually warm for November, uh, but today uh, really cold at night though. And today it was raining when I woke up, and it was that rainy, raw, cold, nasty, shitty. Yeah, it sucked.
2: Mm-mm. Might I add, it was foggy and beautiful, and the leaves were still orange and yellow, and they were blowing in the wind in the fog. It was I, actually beautiful. Boo. Can
1: you? Yeah. Well, it, well, it was Boo. this morning, but but can you? Do you guys? Do you guys notice that the leaves aren't off the trees yet? Yep. Friggin' Bill Gates. Yeah, what's like, he up to? Like I remember when you used to do like your leaf cleanup like once. <laughs> now you got to do it like 2 or 3 times. It's freaking
0: aggravating. <clears throat> Why do people do leaf cleanup? I don't I never did. I never used to. Why would not you just about. wait till spring? I know there's going to be more leaves, but
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't get I, it. I don't know. But the wife likes it, so the wife gets what she wants, so that's
0: what oh, we do. So you're uh, a little... Well, no, my wife is very particular about not having leaves everywhere. As soon as Saturday morning hits... <laughs> no, Friday Ron, night, Friday you night. You get outside. You bag up them leaves. Well, you know how I do it. I have somebody else to do it. Wow. So Agent J.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, sometimes Agent J does it and I get another lumper. <laughs> that likes to come down and do a little work. Well,
0: that's good. In between his bouts of schizophrenia. What do we have for, uh, what do we got? We have any updates, anything new we want to talk about, any... Um,
1: uh, well, we have a few follow-ups. Kristen, you had a follow-up from last week's show when you were talking about the trucker killer that yeah. I haven't heard of. What do you got?
2: It ended up being somebody, I don't know, maybe I got on a weird link online at first, but it ended up being somebody from like Ohio or you? No, it was actually Washington State. He worked for a big truck company, but if it wasn't for the for ted bundy they would have never caught him i didn't really get much into it because i was thinking it was the white mountain national forest and it was closer to home so oh. yeah some someone out in washington state so
0: oh. it was a wet noodle
2: no it was a it was an active killer he killed a bunch of women and
1: uh. so then he just picked chicks up at the uh, like a truck stop and stuff like that like lot lizards
2: well, when I first read about it, I didn't read further than the first time, but when I had first read about it, it sounded kind of interesting because it sounded like somebody was driving, like a trucker was driving through the mountains. You would find women that had like a flat tire or were on the side of the road that were like by themselves.
1: Damsels in distress.
2: Yeah. And then he would just, Wait. he would, they would show up way far away from the car, kind of similar to what's been going on in some of the older cases around here. So. Yeah.
0: Are all truckers banging dudes?
2: Yes, every single one of them. They actually all wrote in to Biden and let him know. Really? Yeah, it's a good question. That's Are you talking about the, the tran
0: the tranny lot lizards? I'm just talking. Well, I'm talking about the lot lizards. Why is that a thing in the trucker community?
2: Oh, they're looking for girls like, at the tr- the rest stops. That's so nasty. So if you're a no, isn't it dudes from though? Sometimes dudes. No, sometimes. From experience... I thought it was
0: mostly dudes.
2: Well, I'm scared, From
0: experience?
2: No, from experience, when I was, like, 17 years old, I took a nap at the rest stop on the way back and forth to South Carolina to visit my grandmother, and I will never, ever take a nap at a rest stop again, because, like, when I did finally fall asleep for a little bit and wake up here and there, one of the times I woke up, there was, like, a trucker like walking around my car like looking through my windows it was scary even the taking that one time i took the train to south carolina and did we you have the wiener out i didn't look i was too scared i left <laughs> and i actually almost fell asleep dry i did doze off for like a second driving i almost ended up under an 18-wheeler when i woke up i was like oh. On the side
1: of my lane. Yeah, you know, that's always that was always something I always heard that a lot of the lot lizards at truck stops were actually trannies. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I mean, there's a fair amount of other
0: female like lot lizards, I'm sure. There was a dude I mean, it's a cottage industry. There was a kid in my school. I'm not gonna name names, but his dad actually got busted for banging he was a truck driver. He got busted like I forget if he was receiving head. Or getting head, at a truck stop, and uh, he had like a whole family—wife, kids—from a dude. Yeah, that's pretty desperate. That is it was like what? What? I mean, come on.
2: So we asked what Bill Gates is up to. I think you asked.
0: No, I said it's Bill, Bill Gates.
2: Fault. Are we
1: moving on from the lot lizards? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think what? We're far enough. I Bill Bill wanted to Gates talk about has
2: it. Finally admitted <laughs> that vaccines neither prevent you from getting COVID nor will they prevent you from spreading COVID.
0: Bill Gates, you
1: yeah, dick. no, no surprise there. So
2: the, the everyone, the doctor has spoken. Bill Gates says the, <laughs> the vaccines don't do anything for you, since that's your doctor.
1: Well, no, the vaccines He's not even a college. Graduate. Well, the vaccines are designed to kill you, basically. That's oh, my know. that's my opinion. Know. So so other COVID news in New Hampshire today, we had a little setback. The executive council did vote to take the federal COVID money. Last state in the country to do it. And now Governor Sununu just announced that he's not going to be running for Senate. He was going to run for Senate against Maggie Hassan, who is one of our current senators. And everybody was kind of hopeful he was going to do that because we're going to get rid of some of these Democrats down there in Washington. But he decided that uh, and I think this was because he knew we were going to get that. 20 actually ended up being 22 million, but there's another 300 million that's attached to that. And once he found out he was going to be able to get that money, he decided he was going to stick around as being the governor. So it's 326
0: million dollar budget, I think, just to start.
1: Just to start, yeah, Jesus Christ, yeah. But they decided to take that money, which was a little upsetting to me. Uh, because Sununu comes on and does a press conference for the COVID update today and uh, was talking about how they're going to start having mobile vaccination
0: clinics going to the schools. They've already had mobile vaccination clinics. I mean, but going to schools. Yeah, I mean, that's fucked up, honestly, in my opinion. But it's typical for any politician to just do a money grab, especially if they can sway other people to, you know, vote it in. Because obviously, I mean, I know you. we've talked about this before, but all politicians want is money, and they want fucking notoriety and they want popularity that's a basis of the whole model yeah
1: <clears throat> yeah so that's that's about all on the COVID agenda uh ooh, the other thing we heard of course there's a lot of rumors out there we don't know what's true what isn't you know but uh and i'm sure a lot of people have probably already heard this but uh, governor newsom from california allegedly had a vaccine adverse reaction to the booster <sighs> shot and supposedly has dealing with a bout of that guillain Barre syndrome, which is a pretty serious thing, which is a known side effect of vaccines. You'd have to look it up. They call it GBS, is the acronym for it. Check that out. Uh, Do you hear hasn't about been the kids seen. Having yeah. strokes?
0: Uh, what's that? Do you hear about the kids having strokes? Uh, no. Yeah, not just blood clots now. There's teenagers and. Younger kids having strokes, adverse reactions. Well, no linkage to the actual vaccine, but it was all after. No linkage, quotes, unquote, but um, all strokes happened after being vaccinated.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's no con- clearly. There's no connection there. Did you did you <laughs> did you see all the uh, professional athletes that now there was a hockey player, a bunch of soccer players like in the European uh, League that are uh, having strokes, having heart attacks. Uh, I know a hockey Man. player. A hockey player. Hey, I don't think he was NHL. I think he may have been AHL. Uh, died <laughs> of a heart attack, and these people are all vaccinated. Yeah, so are, I so are there
0: major sports? Are, are any of the major sports leagues mandating? Oh yeah, so far. Oh yeah, I'm not really. Who? Well, the NBA was the first big one, uh, and then the NHL too. The NHL did. Not to be racist, but there's a lot of people of color. Kristen's just grilling me right now. There's a lot of people of color that play in the NBA, <laughs> um, and just want to say, uh, historically vaccines for people of color haven't always turned it hasn't always ended too well or turned out very well and the room's silent
2: <laughs> no, it's true. It's what true. do you want us to say
0: but um i think uh i know dana white from the ufc he said well a couple of weeks ago or maybe it was two weeks ago he said that he would not be mandating vaccines for any of the fighters um so i guess that's a plus Hopefully, no one else does it. And if hopefully, if they do do it, there's pushback and, um, you know, people either leave, maybe find another league to plan, or maybe just do a good old fashioned walkout or protest. And speaking of protests, Ron and I actually went to a protest this weekend. Um, I forget your friend's name. What was his name, Ron? Uh, Are you talking?
1: uh, Well, the guy that uh, the person from the 8.3.
0: Yeah, a few people we uh, interviewed, actually. Yeah, uh, you're talking about David LaRue. David LaRue and then the nurse. What's her name? Uh, Therese Grinnell. Therese Grinnell. So we went down to downtown Capitol, Concord, and they had probably, I don't know, a couple hundred people out there uh, protesting vaccine mandates, medical tyranny, uh, and chanting, let's go, Brandon. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And actually, if you go on my Ron for New England page on Instagram, okay. you'll see some pictures of that. Yeah. So Buckley and I decided we'd get together. But it's not. Uh, we product. actually had a kind of we kind of had a cool time hanging out. We Ron and I had a date. We yeah, we had a, we had a date. date. I went and picked him up at his house when I could finally find a fucking place. Was it a
3: man date? <laughs> oh, nice
1: and then wow. uh, so so we went to the Capitol, we were just kind of observing There was uh, a couple of other things going on there. So they really weren't in front of the state house per se. No. They were kind of down on the corner of uh, Bridge Street and Main Street, which is a great corner. Uh, yeah. And you'll see the pictures on uh, Ron. That's Pen- the Wander corner. Bridge. Ron works a lot. Yes, yes. When I was a kid when I was uh, trying to get picked up by pedophiles. <laughs> and uh, so so and Buckley interviewed. Uh, did you interview the Statue of Liberty? No, I just kind of talked to her. Yeah, I talked to her a little bit. So I got we got some pictures and we got a we got an excellent shot of the fuck Biden flag that nobody did anything about, which
0: I thought was really funny. Yeah. So we taught you and you gave a little interview to Dave.
1: Yeah, so we just chatted with Dave Larue real quick. Uh he's the gentleman from the 8.3.com I, we call it the 8.3 project which is part of the freedom movement in New Hampshire and he is the gentleman that sold his house, sold his business, sold everything. Bought a huge piece of land and decided he was going to take his family and
0: live off the grid. And was definitely exercising his Second Amendment right
1: yes, that he, day. Yeah, he, he had, a, I want to say, an AR-15,
0: AR-15 clip
1: and installed, and I'm not sure what his sidearm was, but he had a sidearm. Some, Some sort handgun. Which is totally legal in New Hampshire. Yeah, you can just
0: walk around with that.
1: Yeah, you can do that in New Hampshire. You can yeah. walk around like... Uh, Buffalo Bill Cody, if you want, with a lever action rifle slung over your shoulder and a couple of six shooters, and nobody can say a word. Fifth of Jack. And a fifth of Jack. (laughs) But you can't have it open because you can't drink in public in New Hampshire.
0: And I don't think you can actually be consuming alcohol and. Not in public. In in, uh, handling firearms uh not in public <laughs> i think in in,
1: public. i think in private there's a fair amount of that that goes on in the oh, definitely is it's yeah. the only honestly
0: it's the only way to shoot a gun okay. is drunk
1: well i think it challenges your your uh, your aiming and your ability yeah you know, after to hit a while
0: and yeah. when- you know, it's like you're either shooting two eyes open or one eye. It gets kind of difficult. Yeah.
1: So so Buckley and I did that. And I think uh, and then after we went out, and we had coffee and had a nice conversation. It was cool. So uh, then next, this coming weekend, we were thinking we were going to do it. But my wife is going to be flying in on Saturday morning to come home. Ooh. So not absolutely sure <laughs> if I'm going to be able to make it. But we'll do the best we can.
0: I was busy that day anyway.
1: This coming Saturday? No, I, I'm not actually. Oh, uh, okay, cool. So, uh, the other thing we discovered this week: uh, bridges are in fact racist. Did you see? Did you see that? What? Yeah, Pete Buttigieg. Bridges. Oh, yeah, yeah oh, the dude yeah. that just uh, come back from uh, what was it? Paternity leave for his gay boyfriend. They went and they adopted a kid, but he got to get to have paternity leave. Uh, and he's the transportation secretary, so it was a perfect time to take paternity leave when we got all these fucking ships off the coast all stranded and in, uh, in our trucking is a nightmare and just everything in the United States is a nightmare. That's a perfect time to take paternity leave. What happened to- Wait. You know what? My job is more important. I, I'll take my paternity leave later once we get this resolved. What's up with the Bridges being racist? Oh, the Bridges are racist. Did you hear that? Were they Any built by slaves? No, these bridges were intentionally built too low, so that they couldn't bus black and Hispanic kids to other neighborhoods to go to school yeah, or to something the beach, along those lines, or think. to the beach. Yeah, yeah. So these, are, so the bridges now are the next thing out of racist in this <laughs> country. So, so right. whenever you see, whenever you see uh, a low bridge,
0: racist, racist. racist. That makes you sense. You racist
1: motherfucker. I always, well, I
0: always kind of just thought the way that some bridges looked, that they were kind of racist. Like those covered bridges that we have around here in New England. Oh, yeah. You, there's only one lane. So, like, imagine if a white person was starting to cross the bridge and then there was, like, someone in a black... Uh, there was a black person on the other side of the bridge in a car trying to cross. Then that means only the white person could cross. First. First. And that's, like, pretty racist in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Only no, I mean. trolls
2: can cross the bridge, you know this.
0: Trolls live under the bridge.
2: Yeah, well, they own the bridge.
0: Who
1: wishes to cross the bridge of death must answer me these questions three. No, you have to pay a troll Any toll. other side, you'll see. It's called a troll toll anybody that knows where that movie quote come from email us at the wicked at gmail.com if you get the answer right we'll put you down for free merch if we ever get any which we never
0: will anyway so, so don't hold your fucking breath <laughs> <laughs> in studio tonight i'm gonna introduce hold on uh, before what? We, before we introduce the guest who i'm very
1: happy you came today i did have a couple other follow-ups god damn it a couple of follow-ups all right what We talked before about the human bone fragments that they found while they were digging up at Loon Mountain, and there was a possibility that it could be related to the missing Maura Murray case. Uh, Findings came out today. It's not her. So I just wanted to clarify that with everybody. I was kind of upset because I was kind of hoping the family could get some closure on this deal. Yeah. Uh, I think she's running around in Canada somewhere, personally. But uh, that was a huge theory. Probably with some gangbanger. So what they're saying is that these bones dated back from the 17 to mid 1800s from oh. uh, radiocarbon dating, which for which I understand is not that accurate. However, uh, could be so Native like American could shit. be na- yeah, it could be a Native American, could be uh, a you know a, somebody that was buried out there, whatever. Who knows? But important thing is it's not Maura Murray. The other follow up to last week's show when we talked about bodies floating down the rivers. We talked about the Connecticut River Valley Killer. This week, there was a body discovered floating down the Connecticut River of a oh, man that had been. Did you see that? I
2: didn't see it.
1: Oh my God! Yeah. So so there was this so there was this bus driver from Vermont. Actually, it was from the Vermont side that had gone missing, and some hunters several days later found a body floating down a river. Of course, they don't not really sure where the entry point was. Because he, you know, obviously could have floated downriver, but he was found near Charlestown, New Hampshire, which is where some of the victims of the Connecticut River killer were. Not saying it's connected. They probably listened to our episode
0: and was like, you know what? You know what? I'm going to commit suicide so they can have something to have a good follow up. My old hobby. Yeah. So So it was Wicked Planet, guys. They got, you know, I think I should start doing that again.
1: So, you know, what's interesting, though, on the state police report, uh, you know, their press release, they said that. Foul play is not, uh, what's the word, suspected, but they're not ruling anything out, and they're asking if anybody has any information, please drop them a line. Drop a pen, people. A pen. So, another body turns up in New Hampshire, floating down the river.
2: And same as always, we don't want to scare you, there's nothing going on, we don't really know There's anything. nothing
1: going on, and there's definitely <laughs> no mountain lions in New I Hampshire. I just, look, I
0: just think... It's not uncommon for people to die. People die every day. People die in the woods or rivers every day. And I don't know. Maybe there is a serial killer or two, but also like, I don't know if it's a big that big of a commonality or enough of a commonality to pin it as a serial killer. I mean, no one's missing. You know, their left forefinger or whatever. On what every about body. the people
1: that were missing no, their feet? Nobody's
0: tits are cut off. And being found buried somewhere, it's like, there's not that trend that serial killers usually have. No. Do you know no, what I this, mean?
1: Yeah, no, I agree with the guy that did that article in the Seacoast Times. Uh, there's not enough commonalities to all these other things to suggest that there's a serial killer, but we'll, we just won't know. Uh, the police obviously aren't going to, like, alert everybody. Oh, there's a serial killer, folks! And everybody will be freaking out. It's probably you, Ron. No, it's not me. I have no, no use for hurting anybody. Yeah. Uh, I got my fingers crossed right now. <laughs> so, uh, is it her? You want to hurt her? Don't no, you? I would never hurt Kristen. Oh. Kristen is family, for Christ's sake. He'd
2: so, kill you if you were hurt hurting me. That's well, that's, that's probably
1: sandwich. pretty accurate. Maybe. But nah,
0: you'd have to catch me first.
1: <laughs> but, uh, and but I've I, think been running. I think that's I think that's it for running. the follow-ups. I just wanted to hit the body floating in the river and the all right the bone fragments. So in Buckley, studio tonight, Buckley, Buckley.
0: What? Introduce your friend. <laughs> In studio tonight, he's the dwarf from the (laughs) north-east. He's somebody that kind of, uh, sort of homeless, sort of lives in a pile of junk, out in the middle of nowhere. My friend, what do you want to be called?
3: It's my first name.
0: My friend Aaron. Aaron, welcome to the show.
3: Hi, thanks for having me Again? Again? Well, what? Th- thanks again for having <laughs> oh, me. Oh, thanks You're again of, for having me. Pardon me. <laughs> wow.
0: Me
1: step up wow. to the mic a little bit more, Aaron. Sure.
0: You know, first impressions are Kristen, everything. Kristen
1: won't bite you, but she might
0: stab you. All right, that's okay. She's been, a stabber. I've been
3: stabbed before. Kristen's a stabber.
0: Do you need this yeah. knife? No. I brought I, This is the only reason why I bring it. So so right. You feel unsafe. Sorry, I think just, Kristen, Kristen just is so
1: baked right now, I don't think she'll even be able to articulate that. Just wink at me, like that. this, wink
0: at me.
2: He doesn't realize I smoke every day before every show. I smoke all the time. But just because night, he saw okay, me huh? this one time, he's like, oh, she's, she's hakuna matata, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: know, you seem kind of like a hippie tonight. She's a hippie every night. All right, so
1: Aaron, uh, so... So we brought you onto the show, Buckley suggested it to me, I thought it was a great idea, because we had just done a recent show about people uh, that had sold everything, like this David LaRue character, that sold everything he had and decided he was going to live off the grid for a more simpler life.
0: But yep. we also did our apocalyptic show, right? prepping show, and talked about those kind of scenarios.
3: All right, yeah, well, happy to talk about both those things, I'd... Certainly off the grid and also, uh, you know, I'm basing my life uh, and basing my life uh, and my actions in my life around the concept of being prepared. Um, I cooked for 10 years. Uh, You see where all the food comes from. Most of it's off of a truck and I don't trust that it's going to continue like that. Uh, I don't really trust much anything as far as the system goes. So um, I live on my buddy's farm. It's about 200 acres of land. And uh, it's a certified organic farm, and I'm trying to restore heritage wheats. Uh, Just ordered 50 pounds of wheat for the winter, as well as $300 worth of home supplies, including food from Vitacost, because we're living in crazy times. And, uh, you know, I want to be able to take care of myself and my own. So...
1: Okay, so my question is, is like you said you were a cook before. Were you like a cook at like a chain restaurant or a restaurant? Or? Uh,
3: more local restaurants. Yeah. Um, I moved down to the coast and worked in a restaurant there for a while. Lived up in Burlington, Vermont for a while. So, uh, yeah, just uh, not not chain restaurants. Really, just kind of jumped around.
1: So. You got to stay close to the mic, my yeah, man.
3: Gotcha. Sorry about that. Okay,
1: so so you're pretty pretty versed on the whole food prepping situation and cooking Definitely. and stuff like that. Sure, yeah. So... Uh, <clears throat> So, I mean, to make a decision to that you just want to live off-grid, I mean, that doesn't, doesn't come lightly, right? So, no. So, tell the listeners a little bit about how you came to that decision, mm-hmm. uh, other than, you know, I mean, you can kind of uh, dive, in, dive into a little deeper, like your uh, like what you had said previously, and, uh, you know, what made you think you wanted to do this, and, uh, and tell us what your first kind of steps were, mm-hmm. because you didn't have a very easy go of it in the beginning, from what I understand.
3: No, certainly not. Um... So I cooked for the greater part of 10 years, off and on, mostly on. And uh, I ended up uh, down on the coast, and I was working for a chauffeur company, and I was the principal chauffeur. So I went from driving a Mercedes uh, back and forth in Boston, three times a day sometimes. Um, And basically, uh, I had bought into this company, owned by a really good guy, Um, really enjoyed working for him, enjoyed what I was doing, but I wasn't making any money. Every dime that we made went to keeping the company afloat. And that was basically what my life has been ever since I started working, was okay, well, I'm working my ass off and I make enough money to do whatever, but as far as, you know, I wanna own a house someday um, and have a car payment and all It just everything, everything's so expensive nowadays. I got to the point that I said, okay, well, I can either continue to chauffeur for a living and get deeper into this and pick up another job to make this work or just basically say, I can swear, right? I swear. Yeah, you're good. And just
0: fuck it. You know, <laughs> you basically fuck, you just can't fuck fucking
3: it. fucking swear. So, um, yeah, I went from driving a Mercedes for a living to, uh, once again, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life back at my mom's house. And uh, eventually, I uh, ended up working at a farm. I was baking bread. Um, like I said, I got into uh, heritage wheats, uh, wheats that don't require these quote unquote agrochemicals to be grown. Um, and yeah, basically just said, okay, well, I want a quality life for myself no matter what happens in the world. And I would like to see that for communities as well, the way it used to be more of a simple life. So yeah, um, I've got a buddy who has a farm in the state. And I just talked to him. Uh, I was two weeks away from having to leave a little rental situation, didn't know what the heck I was going to do. But we had this travel trailer, you know, pull behind tow behind camper, and uh, just asked my buddy, Hey, can we put this out in the woods? And he said, That's a great idea. Um, told him I'm gonna be your right hand man. We'll just run this farm together. It's a produce farm, no animals, just growing food. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the beginning steps of it.
1: Okay, so before we get that far, though, you were telling me that uh, you know you had made the decision that you were gonna live off grid, and you tried living in a different part of the state. Yeah. Uh, and tell <laughs> us how that worked out because living off the grid. Is not is, is kind of frowned upon in New mm-hmm. Hampshire, yes. or I think any state, because they want you attached to services so they can yeah. control you.
3: Well, it's That's a, my it's opinion. A, it's yeah. illegal
0: in a lot of states. Yeah,
3: yeah, and, and I had to become well acquainted with the reasons uh, why it is illegal, as bullshit as they are. So, um, 2019 summer, 2019, my mom had sold her house. I was now. Living... This is
1: pre-COVID.
3: Pre-COVID, indeed. yep. Yeah. Okay. So uh, my mom was selling her house that she'd been in and I'd come back to, you know, move away, come back home, move away, come back home. And so I had started baking and selling bread uh, at the local co-op or baking bread at home, selling to local co-op, really had everything going for me, thought, this is, I love this, I'm going to keep doing this. All of a sudden, I don't have a home anymore. So um, yeah, I ended up buying a camper. And getting in touch with my friend. This is the first time I got in touch with him. Is 2019, and I say, "Hey, like again, uh, you know, can I put this on your farm with the intent to live on it?" He says, "Sure, okay." Well, uh, some time passes. Now, this
1: is at your first location.
3: Yes, this is this is at my buddy's farm. This is the farm. And we that won't I'm back
1: say where, but we'll say it's down in the Menadnock region of the state.
3: Uh, well, so my buddy's farm is—you uh, uh, could say—within an hour and a half of Concord, and that's that's very. Uh, broad. That's, a, <laughs> that's generous. Right, but um, we're talking about so the right. first, first So here's yeah. the thing, I, I bought just the joking. camper and I brought it to my buddy's farm. That was the original plan. So I had it there. I wasn't living at the farm yet, but I had it there and I was working on the camper to try and make it livable for winter. By the end of that summer, I said, alright well, to be honest, you know, my buddy is driving me nuts just a little bit. You know, why am I working harder than him? I mean, just to be honest. So I said, okay. <laughs> you know, I'd love, to, I'd love to strike out on my own start my own thing, have my own space, have my sovereignty. So we end up moving down, indeed, to the Monadnock region um, and set up the camper there. And, uh, yeah, so two weeks in, I look out the window and I see somebody walking around in the neighbor's woods. And I hadn't really investigated uh, much about setbacks, you know, property line setbacks and all that. But I see somebody walking around in the woods. And I said, it's not good. So... Uh, the property owner we were renting from her—we're gonna be paying four hundred bucks a month. Fantastic! Have a little job somewhere. Start a farm. Beautiful acre and a half field. Uh, it was the the quote-unquote farmer of this town. You know, like this guy was the farmer of this town. That was his land before this lady got a hold of it. So I'm thinking this is a golden opportunity. Well, two weeks in, uh, she says, "Hey, the building inspector got in touch, and uh, he knows there's a camper here. You need to address the town." Uh, about this so over the course of the next four weeks for the entirety of six weeks that uh we're living in this this camper um i go to a selectman meeting uh and honestly i mean one of the one of the first things that really struck me was this i knew a hell of a lot more than these people did about the laws pertaining to tiny houses off-grid living not having a 15 to twenty thousand dollar septic system um so, yeah, anyways, uh, four weeks later, we got uh, kicked out. So, uh, living in this camper for six weeks, and we have to say, okay, well, we gotta let it go. Um, but, uh, yeah, so in the process, So, learned, so
1: this, yeah. So this. sorry to interrupt, but this town that you were in, you told me what town it is. Yep. Uh, I know that town well. My wife is actually from that town. Oh, no kidding. Uh, we go there several times a year, and her dad is actually buried in that town. Oh, wow. Uh, very, very old town in yeah. New Hampshire. Yeah. Uh, very very old neighborhoods yeah. and very old money and lots of money. Oh yeah. So absolutely. so people that are there uh, got money and if they see something they don't like, yeah, Mister, you better believe you're gonna get called on. Well, it.
3: they got to protect their property value. Yeah. I mean, you got somebody living in a camper using a composting toilet and they think it's the end of the world, you know. But you know, of course, because I'm just gonna go walk through those woods and see how oh, there's a camper right there. What the hell is going on? So yeah, people people got to hold on to their money. Um, yeah, and you know, the other thing is uh, in that area of the state, we'll just call it the Monadnock region, and one of the more popular college towns of that area, uh, Keen, <laughs> Well, that's a very progressive. Uh, nice. That's a very progressive institution. that is the
1: progressive liberal section yeah. of new hampshire and yes. now
3: i i totally agree with their initiatives for because tiny it's, basically it's basically vermont it's basically well yeah true yeah. right where you were is right
1: in the corner where new hampshire vermont and massachusetts meet yeah isn't there a yeah. lot of yeah.
0: sasquatch activity yes
1: there? there is yep <laughs> okay yeah anyway just want to make okay sure. so continue
3: so the thing is basically with the building inspector and uh the the chairman of the select board and now here's the thing the entire select board they were like you know we love farmers we love people, people who are trying to grow food for our community and have communities... As, long as they're vaccinated. <laughs> no, not of that. It was pre-COVID not again. Sure, uh, but you know, basically what they said is, we can't let you get away with this because if anybody finds out, they're going to say, well, you let these people get away with it. There's going to be... The, the floodgates are open.
1: It's going to set a precedent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So we had to leave. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, after that, uh, we spent... The greater part of a year, I think nine months in a condominium in a few, uh, a few towns over, which is a great time. was able to get some rest because, uh, you know, living off-grid, even if it's only for a short amount of time, just moving the camper down there, building a roof on top of it, basically trying to turn a camper into a tiny house, something you can live in throughout the winter. Really glad to have a break um, so yeah nine months in a condominium in the area again and uh so the building inspector and the select board had given me a certain deadline to uh, 2020 they said uh middle of may or so you have to have the camper moved away from the neighbor's property line i said okay great so okay whether, so hold on
1: yeah, mm-hmm. so you were able to winter there
3: uh not in the camper okay but in the area all right so we basically just had to walk away from the camper uh, knowing that by the next May, so it was it was the end of December that we had to leave the camper, and uh, it was next May, middle of next May, 2020, uh, that we had to move it off the property line. Uh, still living in a condominium in the area, um, so and then it was the end of July 2020 uh, that we left the condominium and said, okay, well we got to figure something out. We don't want to give up this dream. I bought a 72-year-old tractor. I have a grain drill for field planting wheat and rye, whatever you need grains. Um, I can't give all this up. I've already put so much work into this. What the hell are we going to do? Go back to my buddy's farm.
1: Yeah, Yeah, so what I was thinking I wanted to establish to people – How difficult it actually is to live off grid. Yeah, uh, which which we call off the grid now. Which in the eighteen, you know, seventeen hundreds, eighteen hundreds, you know, midway nineteen hundreds was what people just called living.
3: Yeah, living. Yeah.
1: yeah. So uh, so anyway, so so you had to get out of there, yeah. uh, and and you know, funny enough too, that section, that part of New Hampshire, gets some of the highest snow totals of any including in the mountains yeah you get some serious snow totals down in that area so so if you were going to be wintering there you would have had to been really set
0: up
3: yeah and it was very cold I mean uh you know six weeks in that camper um once we had moved back to my buddy's place in 2020 end of July 2020 I tore all the siding off of the camper to find uh a whole lot of places there was absolutely no insulation um and uh, when we were down in Harrisville we were dealing with you know uh geez 20 degree days negative nine degree nights um which is pretty rough and you know that meant i had to get out of bed every hour and a half throughout the night
1: us so, did you have a wood stove in your camper yeah and it's not a cast
3: Ugh. iron wood stove it's a uh, it's a sheet metal uh sheet steel wood stove
1: like a woodmaster?
3: uh i i don't know i'm not familiar with or that suburban
1: what we call it's a basically
3: suburban. an eight by eight inch by 14 inch deep uh, sheet metal Ooh, box, it's a little one. So it'll yeah. it'll crank heat real fast, but it doesn't hold heat. So every uh, hour and a half, we're getting up to feed this wood stove. Yeah, Sidebar:
0: good. So I have been up to Aaron's location now, and I've also seen his uh, his camper trailer. I call it camper still, yeah. Camper. It's a trailer. Camper trailer camper. It's small. That yeah. the wood stove is small. Oh yeah, yeah, very small, probably.
1: Okay, okay. So 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 you got out of. Uh, you got out of where you were, and you moved to your friend's 200-acre farm, Yep. Uh, made an arrangement with him to be basically his farmhand. Yep. His and uh
0: And
1: <clears throat> how many of these acres are uh, pasture land? Uh, you know, where see. you could actually grow. I mean, that's yeah. not wooded.
3: Well, so he's got fields opened up. He's got uh, one high tunnel, is about to have another high tunnel, and that's kind of a uh, sort of a, a plastic greenhouse, you know, the aluminum frame. He's got two of those, and then fields. So I'd say, of what is uh, growing space right now, you might say you might say an acre and a half, two acres. Not very much. We're not growing grain on the scale that I want to be growing it at yet. Um, But yeah, it's a produce farm, and we crank out a lot of food. There's never an empty space throughout the year, so it's a very well occupied acre and a half or so. Are you
0: going to be doing any like clear cutting in certain areas to open up more space? Because yeah. Aaron also does, um, he does logging.
3: A yeah, he does lot tree. of logging. Yeah, he
0: does tree. Yeah, you do tree work, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, we you know, we heat with wood. That's all we heat with. Um, I'm not gonna, you know, I, I, I don't have to go out and have a job, uh, like, you know, a regular job. I can take side jobs here and there. But what that means, um, and also to kind of strike back on the point of, you know, living off grid uh, comes with its challenges and its certain hardness, you gotta do a lot of things yourself. Um, so yeah, we are going to be opening up more uh, land. That's already happening. Um, my buddy's father uh, who's kind of the patriarch of the property. Um, you know, he sees my goal to be to have this kind of uh, subsistence farming situation going on. So we are opening up more land. There's already more land opened up that's not being grown on. So there's plenty of space for expansion. Uh, yeah, it's really nice.
0: The whole property. Uh, I've been up there a couple of times. We've walked around, uh, hiked a little bit. We also have four-wheeled around. It's it's, it's sort of in a valley. Right?
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's
0: in a valley. It's, it's really beautiful.
1: Yeah, you know the thing is, too, it's like there's a big call for people to grow wheat and rye yeah. because the local brewers oh, yeah. are looking for that stuff, which leads me to this. <laughs> you know, I feel that the movement, well, the movement should go back to where you're sourcing your things locally. Yeah. Like you have one person in your town raises chickens. Yeah. Another person in your town raises cattle. Another person raises hogs, and then a person grows corn, or, yeah. and you know so on and so forth. Yeah, well, and it's you so much do, more
0: healthier. For yeah, and too. you
1: can do all your trading. Yeah, right in your town. Yeah, I mean, people need to eat more produce, anyways. And in New England, you know, it's kind of like a seasonal thing because you know we have very short summers here. Yeah, right. very short summers. The growing season is very short here. You yeah. can it, do some in the fall. Well, you can do some in the fall and you do some some planting in the fall for the following year, like like your garlic and onions and yeah, things like that, yeah. right?
0: But uh, but th-
1: I mean, it needs to start going back to that yeah, where you're yeah. not relying on this stuff coming in from trucks from who knows from where, yeah. tomatoes from Mexico. I mean, why can't you grow tomatoes in your own garden?
3: And that's, you know, you can. And, <clears throat> you know, we have this high tunnel. It's a, uh, I want to say 92 or maybe 96 foot Uh, long structure and you know there's tomatoes I mean you can't I don't know how many people it would take to eat all those tomatoes uh, throughout the year and you know I I really do feel um, you know just right in line with what you're saying you know not everybody has to be a baker, a grain grower, a vegetable grower, a cow milker, or you know, cow raiser, whatever. You know, not everybody <laughs> has to be all of those things. All it takes is one person to say, okay, you know, uh, like uh, take community supported or community sponsored agriculture, CSA, right? So a bunch of people buy in at the beginning of the year, say, mm-hmm. we're gonna pay uh, for a full share, maybe $500. Sometimes seven hundred dollars, whatever it is, and you're going to get a certain amount of vegetables every single week, a certain amount of poundage, a certain weight, and it tends to be worth it. Now, if everybody says, "Okay, we're going to support this local farm," which is the whole idea of CSA, and you say, "Okay, well, we've got the money to buy the grain stock that we need," uh, although you know, on that note, I have a very small stock that I'm building up to be, um, you know, a larger, a larger store. Uh, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, the way that I think about it, I don't want to be relying on any other individual to say somebody else is going to be somewhat responsible for us being able to carry out what it is that we're trying to carry out, which is basically just subsistence farming. And yes, indeed, for the community, you know, you want to call that communism, I call it community or, you know, <gasps> communality, it's, I, you know, <laughs> people working together because somebody's good at cutting trees, the other goods, the other dudes good at uh, catching fish. You know, you don't have to have both guys working their ass off 24-7. You can say, okay, I'm going to work a little less. This person provides this. Just much simpler. It can work. We need to go back to that, I think, because honestly, even just for the reason that the shit that's coming off the shelves and off the trucks, coming from 10 years in restaurants, you see all that meat. You don't really know where it comes from. It's all processed. And that's not to say that that I don't go out to a restaurant and order a cheeseburger. I will. But at the same mm. time I know where it's coming from and I know that all it takes is some corporate executive decision to say this stops and then everybody's fucked. That's yeah, all but, there
0: is to well, it. Well, I don't think that's going to happen though. At least not in the corporate capitalistic no, society so. that we're in. I mean, because, I mean it no, might because, because well, huh, capitalism it 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 basically propagates um money and and free marketing and and you know any CEO excuse me <laughs> of a company is not
3: going to not want to make money. Yeah.
0: So the more food, the more product they can pump
3: out, the more money they can make. Well, the people hold the power then because, you know, they can say, well, we're going to stop the supply chain. But if the people say, well, fuck you, you know, we're going to keep it going anyways. You could,
0: yes. The power is within the people. Like, I, I could choose not to buy products from here or there. But convenience is everything nowadays. And so is cheapness and processed or overly, overly processed food is usually very, very cheap in comparison to organic food yeah. or even just going to a farmer's market. Yeah. and we, it, it, it increases in price. But I do agree with what you're saying. The whole, I, Enron, the whole idea of, um, you know, localizing food, community food, community jobs where you can trade or one person does this, one person does that. It's a very good idea. I don't know how realistic it is now, but that doesn't mean it won't be in the future, especially with how things are going currently. And how it looks like it's going. And how it looks like it's going. But but processed food, we know, not everybody knows, but a lot of people know, is very bad for you. Yeah. Um, Processed wheat gluten is very bad for you. Any of this shit that you're getting, Kellogg's cereal, is very bad for you.
2: Deli meat.
0: Deli me. meat is bad for you. It's yeah. basically considered a carcinogen. It is. Um, because of the stuff that's in it and how it's processed, and and we've talked about this before, but all that, all this stuff is the American diet um, is also perpetuating very terrible health risks, increase in cancer, um, increase in liver disease, heart disease, increase in kidney disease, all this stuff. It's all coming from your food. Um, Not all of it, but a good majority of it, as well as the whole pharmaceutical industry, industry that ties into that. But yeah, I do think that's uh, an important aspect because when you look at a lot of the, the wheat and gluten that's in America, It's very bad for you. A lot of people have reactions to it. But when you go to somewhere like the UK, we... They don't even know. They don't, they haven't even heard of, like, celiacs. And I was
1: going to really. say, you're talking about celiacs. Right. Yeah. Or, or things like that. Which is a debilitating thing because a friend of mine's wife has it. And if she gets one little crumb of gluten, I mean, she is down and out. So it really messes with people. And I think the thing, just just to kind of follow up with what you said, Buckley, is, you know, these meat suppliers, they're going to want to make a profit. But it's how they allow their, their animals... To be raised on what they're actually eating to make them bigger, faster, mm-hmm. giving them, excuse me, giving them the antibiotics so that they don't get sick, yeah. which right. is which is being passed along. So, so yeah, they want to make a profit, but they want to make a profit faster. So yeah. when they do that, I mean, look at all the chickens that, that were all jacked up on antibiotics yeah. and all the pork that was jacked up on antibiotics. I mean... You're consuming those antibiotics, which in turn makes our body antibiotic resist or or uh, resistant, right? Yeah, you know, so also... so which makes us susceptible to super bugs like this COVID. And telling everybody, you know, your diet could really help you, like keep you from getting sick. Oh, yeah, and it's one it's of the main things. Yeah, it's absolutely true. So if yeah. you're eating more organic, and, and I know a lot of people are uh, vegetarians or vegans or whatever. I mean, I could never see myself doing that, but I mean. You can go to a local farm that raises their own beef, slaughters their own beef. We have them in New yeah. Hampshire. They're not that this matters, but they're USDA inspected and they're clean and they're good processing plants and the beef
0: just tastes better. Yeah, yeah but the yeah, the, the thing too you have to remember about any sort of corporate or, or uh you know, huge farming industry. Where they're growing, where they're uh, raising livestock or, or vegetables or whatever, is you. Not just this. The a lot of it is um, what goes into what the animal is eating. Like how the corn is is um, farmed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or whatever they're feeding the cows, um, and instead of like uh, organic grass fed animals, because whatever is going into the corn that they're growing, to. To GMOs, feed to the cows or, yeah, or GMOs, to feed to this animal or the grains yeah. is also gonna go into that animal, which then is gonna go into you. Right, exactly. That was my point. Oh, that was so, your point. Yeah, so well yeah, because of what
1: they're okay. feeding what they're feeding these critters, you're consuming.
3: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and you're you consuming called, that into meat. Any yeah. any concentrated uh uh you could say consumables, you know, that are that are being provided to livestock or you could say uh in in the in produce terms you would call it you know, uh, maybe not consumables, but pesticides, herbicides, anything that's a chemical, it's a concentrated, very strong form of something, that's going to make it to our bodies through whether it's animals or vegetables, it's going to make it to our bodies. And then we have to deal with that. And the number one thing that comes to mind for me is inflammation. If we have to deal with a concentrated form of something, our body's going to have to heat itself up, more or less, to deal with that. And whatever kind of chemical happenings are going on in order for us to say, okay, well, I've got urea, which is just a considered an organic, but uh, uh, still concentrated and synthesized form of nitrogen. It can be something that simple, you know, let alone, uh, you know, what is it, glyphosate or whatnot from Roundup, you know, th- that gets into our bodies and it yeah. just, you know, I mean, most, most people are eating this all the time. You know, I mean, yeah. if, if you're not, if you're not, even if, uh, you know, King Arthur Flour, we say, "Oh, King Arthur Flour is great. Well, you don't know where they're sourcing it. If you buy it organic, yes, it doesn't have Roundup. But if you're not buying it organic, how is it any better than what, you know, the Hannaford's brand, you know? Yeah. So, so,
0: so inflammation is a big, um, uh, I guess, adverse reaction. Of and course.
1: that's a, an immune response, right? It's an, yeah. uh, it goes
0: yeah. into a lot of autoimmune diseases. Um, and. That comes that inflammation in America in the American diet comes from a lot of wheat and gluten and as well as processed sugar a lot of those dietary foods that we eat that are overly processed like sugar your body needs sugar you know what I mean it needs so many grams of sugar a day now that's natural sugar from fruit or from vegetables or from whatever else not high fructose corn syrup or not just a shit ton of added sugar into something
1: which else. your body doesn't know how to process well
0: well and high fructose corn syrup. the diabetes um yeah so basically this this gluten this wheat and the sugar it adds inflammation to your body which adds you know joint pain uh back pain um uh, just chronic pain that that all goes into play and then because of the over uh I guess uh, use of sugar and, and processed foods, then you have, you know, heart disease. High fructose corn syrup is one of the leading contributors. I'm pretty sure it's more fatal um, for heart disease than, like, cigarettes. Uh, almost positive. Check me on that. I think and then,
2: red meat is the number one
0: cause, leading no, cause of heart disease. No, red meat. I, I don't, I don't I, believe. I disagree with that. I don't believe but that red meat's the number. No, I disagree yeah. with that. Um, but. We'll hear we'll hear you out in a second. And but that that uh, the overuse of sugar then can lead to diabetes, and we all know diabetes. A big component of diabetes is you're consuming so much sugar that your body basically, you know, um, oh god, isn't it your pancreas that processes sugar? Well, you're eating so much sugar that your body doesn't need to create insulin.
3: I don't know much about it.
0: And then you have to therefore take insulin? I don't know. I thought I knew what I was talking about. It's something along the lines of that. Check it out. But Kristen had... Look it up. Because I'm not a doctor. But Kristen had something to say that I disagree with, as usual, about red meat.
2: I mean, I don't have anything in front of me, but I watched... This one documentary I really recommend is called What the Health? And I don't know where you could find it nowadays. Back then it was on Netflix. And then another documentary would be Dominion. But they say that the... Leading cause of heart disease is red meat, or at least one of the higher-up leading causes of heart disease are red meat. And then the leading cause, or one of the leading causes of breast cancer is dairy. Um, There's a lot of really cool stuff in there. And just by going to a plant-based diet, people were able to cure so much of their health. And I feel like a living example of that because I went vegan and I healed my thyroid. I mean, they wanted to give me radiation to just, like... Kill my thyroid inside of me, or rip it out, and then just be on a synthetic medication for the rest of my life. And there was no other way around it; those were the only two options. But I went vegan, and within like, within three weeks, like, I lost all sorts of organ fat, and thyroid issues just disappeared. So yeah,
1: I mean, I well, I wanted to just make a comment, Kristen. You do look very. You look
0: healthy.
2: I got clear skin now, too. Yeah,
0: you do. You look really so good. So clear. Go. I have a couple of things I got to say about red meat because I love red meat. I love red meat, too. That's <laughs> so good. You know,
1: and and that's and not to interrupt you, Buckley, but uh, for an RH negative person like myself, which I'm an O negative, beef is a necessity for our blood, because we have copper-based blood. It's not iron-based blood. Right. So, so we need to get that extra iron from the red meat. Right. Uh, and I've had many doctors actually tell me that because of my blood type.
0: Well, there I knew a guy, I knew a guy um, back in high school. Aaron actually probably knows him. You knew um, a lot of fucked up people in school. No, this guy you? wasn't what? fucked up. Last he's, week was a murder, right? He's not fucked this, up at all. No, 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 no. When he was younger, he school. basically... His parents, um, his parents wanted to be vegetarians and they, so they started him on a vegetarian diet. And then after a while, he, uh, he was just having health issues and he was very young and they took him to the doctors and they were like, you need to feed him meat and protein from animals. Like he's not going to, he's not going to be, he's not going to do well health wise if you just keep feeding him plant proteins or or, or or just plants but I feel like it's specific to body types or ethnicities or
2: I'm all positive, DNA
0: or genetics but I feel like a big thing with red meat is it could be propaganda but it could also be if it's non-organic meat, non-organic meat is not good for you. If it's organic raised lean meat it's probably going to be pretty good for you. Now, that being said, you know, any overconsumption of anything is bad for you. Oh yeah. Or just doing anything, even if you're working out too much or, or you're drinking too much water is bad for you. So everything in consideration to that, but also we know that there's this push or drive to get rid of meat and beef. Or to implement synthetic meats, the Beyond Burger. Well, that's you see because built,
1: they, they wanted. They're talking because it causes climate change, right? Which is but the you biggest also see Beyond. You see the bullshit. Beyond
0: meat. You see the synthetic meat being Hold pushed. On. You see this agenda. Just saying, you see this agenda that meat is bad for you. Red meat is terrible for you. So don't eat meat. Don't eat beef. Beef.
2: We're not. Let me just. We're not mowing down the Amazon rainforest for. More room for fucking cows to slaughter, to feed all these people. That's not... They mowing
1: down the Amazon rainforest
0: to put in oil rigs.
2: (laughs) And cows, I thought.
0: Well, I mean, the the Amazon is clear cut for cattle ranching, yes.
2: They fucking burnt it all. Instead of just cutting it, they burnt it. And that's why all those koalas had to burn and scream and all those animals in there also.
1: Koalas are are from Australia, not the Amazon.
2: Whatever was in there, you know. (laughs)
0: The uh, there was, the Amazon there was, koala, there was very, poor very anacondas. the anacondas, the <laughs> anacondas, those thirty-five-foot snakes were Turtles. just burning alive,
2: and then random whales ah. washed up in the middle of the woods.
1: Okay, so 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 what? yes, so yes, Not those things those things do happen. However,
0: but what I was saying, just to finish out real okay. quick, I think part of what Kristen might be getting is that whole anti-beef agenda and push towards synthetic meats and i think that has that plays big into especially in the us trying to sort of demasculate men
2: yeah i just have one request (laughs) for the masculine men when there's a meat shortage and your meat is gone please do not touch the veggie burgers or the fake meat Leave it for the people that actually eat it and live off of it. Don't come taking our fake meat because now it's good enough for you.
0: Don't touch it. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Isn't there something a little different between synthetic meat and veggie burgers? I love a veggie burger. Yeah, me too. I love a good veggie burger. burger. But synthetic meat seems like it's different. Maybe it's not. What's I
2: mean? I won't eat the beyond the beef. Whatever that stuff tastes like.
3: Soy protein isolate. If you look at the ingredients, soy
0: protein, which is very bad for
3: you. Yeah. Yeah. If it's bullshit, it's bullshit. Simple food. Food that's good for you is simple. Um, You know, I want to say this. When I was living down on the coast, I was really broke. Uh, The coast? The coast, yeah. When did you live on the coast? You know, the coast of this state, you know? You came down.
0: Did I? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where? I
3: forget. Portsmouth. Oh, right. Sorry. So I was living in Portsmouth. Portsmouth, Oregon, people. I wasn't making a lot of money at all. And uh, so I said, well, you know, I'm going to experiment with my diet a bit. And this this uh, eventually had more to do with the amount of, you know, of income. You look very, great. Very Paul things. You look real trim. Thanks. Yeah, it's from all the wood. <laughs> it's from all the exercise. When I was living down on the coast, um, I had never been vegetarian before. But, you know, working in restaurants for the greater part of 10 years, you get a hell of a lot of meat. You eat a hell of a lot of really good food. And, uh, you know, you're just a basically spoiled, uh, spoiled to all hell. So... The hardest thing for me was going vegetarian in the first place. Went raw vegan for a little bit after that. Didn't like it very much. And then I had a great summer. I ate nothing but fruit for three months. Maybe once every couple of weeks, I'd go to the pizza joint downtown. You know, go out, have a couple of beers with a housemate or whatever. And grab a couple slices of pizza. But all I was really eating was cucumber and uh, let's see, apples, papaya, you know, just whatever was at the health food store in town. It was all organic. I felt great. I slept better. I was like lucid dreaming all the time, just vivid dreams, had more energy than I've ever had in my life. So there's something that can be said about going to a completely plant-based diet. But beyond that, uh, beyond summer, you know, fall came back around and all of a sudden, okay, well, I got to introduce cooked foods again, just for the simple warmth and satisfaction of it. Um, And nowadays, you know, I'm back to, okay, well, I'll eat some meat here and there. I'm really not too judicious about it. So having been all across the board, everywhere from fruitarian for three months, uh, to just, you know, I'm working a building job, my buddy and I are going going to go to the gas station, get a cheeseburger, I still feel okay, and I think it really has to do with balance more than anything, because yeah, there's a lot of crap out there. If you look at what wheat is, if you go and you buy a loaf of bread, that's mostly just white flour, which is a starch for the most part, and uh, that's going to turn into blood sugar real quick. There's nothing to slow it down. there's nothing to break up those protein strands, that gluten um, and the uh, so, you know, it, it's, it's not necessarily a problem with what people are eating like red meat's not necessarily the worst for you. Uh, uh, being a vegan is not necessarily the best for every individual. There's a middle ground, it's really I think about you know from, from a foodie perspective and a farmer perspective and somebody who has made very many loaves of only whole grain, fresh milled bread with wheat that is of the same caliber that we take our white flour from nowadays uh, as opposed to some of these more ancient wheats that have a simpler uh simpler protein structure it's really just about what is the quality of what you're eating and you know to tie into the the whole chemical thing too you've got you know john rockefeller and the agricultural green revolution in the 70s where all of a sudden you know, we've got this, uh, the, you know, the Monsanto Monopoly and all across the world, they want to say, we're going to sell you the seeds, but these seeds only grow well if you use these chemicals and we're the only supplier for them. Our food system has been absolutely hijacked. We can eat red meat. In my opinion, we can eat grains. We can eat wheat. And all of this can have a very, very, very paltry and, and completely, uh, uh, you know, you, you could eat three steaks a day. As long as you're healthy enough, and those cows are healthy enough, I, I think you could eat three steaks a day and three loaves of bread a day, as long as what you're eating is real fucking food, and not bullshit chemicals that either the cows getting or or the plants are getting.
1: You know what was a real eye opener for me, quite a few years ago at this point, was that I watched the movie Food Inc. That was a huge eye opener for me. Uh, not only did it bring the whole Monsanto thing to light, it uh, brought into the the plight of the family farmer, which is under attack by corporate farms. Yeah, that's and that's just like like say say in New Hampshire, for instance, right? If if everybody started growing their own stuff and going to farmers' markets and things like that, and started getting too big, like 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 the selling of raw milk, like when I was a kid, we went to the local farm every tuesday and we got all of our raw milk and our butter which they made right on the farm the farm is still in business although they don't raise animals anymore yep. however now it's against the law to do that yeah. or there there's so many fda regulations or agriculture department regulations that it's like uh so now now you're biting into corporate america and corporate farming's uh pocketbook a little yeah, bit, yeah. And you think if, if this and you call it CSA—that's uh, an acronym. Uh, what is that acronym for?
3: Uh, community sponsored agriculture. Okay,
1: community sponsored agriculture, which I would like to see things go back to. Oh yeah, right. So, so I mean, but if, a lot but if people here. start doing that and getting too big, and people are starting to become healthy, yeah. like they always said, whatever you whatever you have a sickness, as a plant that'll cure it. Yeah. Right. The pharmaceutical companies, the mega farms, and all these other corporations. Do you think they want that to happen? No. No, they don't want that to happen. But
0: what what stops What stops these what are the CSA. CSAs from become which there's a lot of a lot of these already in New Hampshire. And as a if you have one in your town, you can pretty much kind of like subscribe or Have a membership too. Well, like Aaron said, you pay so much a year, right? Right. So, but what stops? What makes this idea or Ron's idea of you know everyone kind of has a job, um, trades or buys or one product, everyone has has their own lane. What stops this from becoming the norm? Contemporary capitalism. Again, in, I can tell in you, a point, I can tell you very in far in the
3: future or, or or close. Here's what people are greedy. It 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 takes a certain amount of labor force to accomplish a certain amount of food production. And now, so you know, and now this is speaking directly to my case and directly to my situation. You know, my buddy, he's 35 years old and he's got this farm. Now, his dad worked for the government and had money and bought this farm and. Uh, my friend has type one diabetes, so he lives with, you know, a consistent uh, uh, disability or at least a consistent inability to some extent. You know, he can only work so much before okay, his blood sugar's getting low, he's gotta go inside and eat, and if he doesn't take care of it, he can be fucked for a day or two.
1: Now does he have to take insulin?
3: Yes he does. Okay. And uh, and you know, thankfully he's able to rely on, you know, sources outside of just the main medical system, you know, to, to do that. Otherwise he'd be in a load of more shit than he's already in. But, you know, what he has trouble with, even, uh, you know, he has woofers, uh, it's WWOOF. Um, that's Worldwide uh, Opportunities on Organic Farms, I believe, something of that nature, where people will come from all over the states and sometimes uh, other places in the world and like countries um, and work on the farm in exchange for room and board for however long, usually four to eight weeks. Now. You've got people coming from wherever, and they might be enthusiastic, especially nowadays with COVID and and all this, well, you know, the system is not very stable. There's a lot of people interested in farming, but that doesn't mean that you're going to have, you know, three or four woofers show up who know what they're doing. So every four to eight weeks, you've got an entire new group of people who you have to say, get acclimated to the farm, get acclimated to the labor, which is not easy labor. Most people aren't using these muscles. you work a month or two on a farm, you're going to be all right. You're finally going to kind of get your sea legs about you. But I think one of the more difficult things when we're looking at subsistence, community-based, small-scale agriculture is that Everybody's got to make money. We live in this system where everybody's got to make so much money in order to live a life, and it's illegal to live off the grid and buy a camper for 3300 bucks like I did and say that's it. I've got a home. You know, you're up against the law. Uh you're up against, you know, knowing how to run a small engine um and take care of your own shit, you know. If you're not going to if you're going to say I'm going to dedicate my life to farming, you're probably not going to make a lot of money, and that's a pretty classic example. Poor artists and poor farmers. So, you know, I think a, a huge obstacle to subsistence community farming on a small scale is just you've got nobody. Nobody's got the time. To say I'm gonna dedicate my life to this, and then in my case, you say, all right, well, I want to buy a camper, put it in my a half mile off the road from my buddy's woods. Winter comes around, the only way to get out there is snowmobile. So you better know what you're doing. Now, there's only so many people who are able, willing, and able to 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 put themselves in that position and say, I'm gonna completely sac- I'm I'm illegally bankrupt. I didn't go to court and say I'm gonna have a bankruptcy lawyer. I said I'm gonna drop everything because fuck the system and. I want to go and try and put my physical efforts into something that is going to turn out into a you know a real result that I care about and that at least you know I want to grow my own food. And hopefully we can have grains again where the community can say okay, well, buy my bread, buy the grains, I'll teach you how to make the bread whatever. But how many people are in the position to go and dedicate their life to a farm. And that's not a whole lot of people. So I think the illegality of it, my buddy would love to have it be a sort of commune where, you know what, we could have all sorts of campers out there. There's plenty of building expertise on the property. We could build cabins for people. You know, If you know how to use a wood stove well enough to not burn the forest down, great, go out there. Uh, But but just finding the people to make this make this a reality, I think, is a really difficult part because there's a lot of a lot of uh, hoops jump through. So the, I...
0: the the so getting back to what I said, I kind of I was listening to you, but I kind of got lost. Not not really lost, just lost to the question that I asked and the answer. What so what makes that again? What makes that different or not becoming? Um, you know. Capitalism.
3: You mean you mean like a, a for profit? So say you of- get.
0: So say you have a community where everybody's uh, either trading or buying or working certain uh, jobs or specific trades or skill sets. Um, so over time. Because we, we know we already did that, right? We did that way back it's when. For hundreds of years. Yeah. For hundreds of years, and, and this is the point we're at. So what makes us doing that again not get to the point of capitalism again? What's the difference, or what needs to be done differently?
1: You mean like the whole process turning into capitalism?
0: Right. Yeah, again, sometime in the future. Right. If we all resort to a Dystopian or post-apocalyptic communities, or or more frontier-based or uh, settlement communities. What stops that from becoming New York City I would in say the future, or what stops that from becoming Amazon in the future? Well, or it, you, big you can, corporate uh, farming agriculture
3: or industries. Well, I think you have to look at where. Uh, corporate and ch- uh, chemical agriculture uh, has its roots and so it's not so much how do you stop uh, a rather organic uh, no pun intended you know process from <laughs> uh, how, how do you stop an organic uh, uh, communal structure subsistence survival structure from becoming uh, uh, completely perverted and 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 exploited I don't think well, you can Oh, I think you can, because here's I the thing. I don't think you can. Well, here's the I thing. I think, no, 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 Who oh, started that?
0: I, I think within any system, you're going to find people that are going to exploit it. Right. You're going to find people that are greedy. Well, it was and by you're force of war. Find, And you're going to find people that want power and, right. and notoriety and popularity. And, and you, there's going to be that sort of dominance battle uh, for alpha-ship or leadership. Yeah, you least. know, Buckley, I agree with you 100%. So I, I, yeah. I don't know if... I I agree with that concept. Unless there's some sort of shift in consciousness or next level of consciousness that totally... Uh, navigates around all of that, I don't think just going back to basis is necessarily the answer, honestly.
3: Well, not not plainly. I mean, we live in a much more complex and, and l- much larger world as far as population, even just keep it at that goes, than we did 100 years ago. Um, but, you know, you look at who started this whole chemical agriculture monopoly, and that's John D. Rockefeller in the Ooh. 70s. And the same the same chemicals that were being used to kill people in the Vietnam War are the chemicals that are being used and produced by Mon- Bayer Monsanto, you know, Bayer, a Nazi company, you know, to, uh, to, to basically monopolize our food system. So I think what it takes is a certain amount of resistance. Now, it was forced down our throat, and most things that have been forced down our throat, in my opinion, came about through war. And chemical agriculture was the result of lack that was... Uh, 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 propagated or, or or created by the means of war in the first place. So I really think that the people can take care of themselves on this level. There's enough people with enough skills to do so. But if a dominant power comes into play and says this is the way it's going to be and this is why, and you have no choice, or else there's you know you're you're all going to die. You know, I mean, I think I think that's what we've been subjected to, but we also live in what I would call a time where people are, you know, awakening and are willing to see, well, we can't have it this way. And we're not just going to bow down. I, I think that's really the difference. I
0: agree with you on that. I do think people are waking up to certain system, systems that don't work or systems that are corrupt or, or laws and legalities and tyranny that's happening and all of that. But that being said, I'm going to go back to my original question. And you brought up the Rockefellers, which we all we all know well, at least we all know here. Um, so what's what's gonna stop? What is gonna stop that from the future? Why, what's gonna stop the next Rockefeller from becoming uh, this corporate uh, this globalist elitist, um, you know, cult person that's uh, I- infiltrating and implementing? Uh, All these laws and governments and influencing worldwide uh, changes through capitalism. What's going to stop the next, that next uh, sheet?
1: You mean as far as living off grid and growing organic food, like having organic farms or or these CSAs? <laughs> you feel that somebody's going to step in and put an end to that? No, I'm just saying in, with in look, the guise of "oh, I'm here to help," but in actuality, I'm here to shut
0: you down. I'm saying through natural hmm. human tendency, which I mentioned earlier before, when you create a community or a a tribe or a. Um, let's just call it a commune. A commune of people. Or maybe you take a bigger population than just a commune. Maybe it's a couple hundred people that want to do this. What stops that whole institution of capitalism happening? What stops the, the next global elites from getting to that point of power and influence throughout the world? Because... I don't think overnight people's innate uh, behaviors are going to change. In relate, when I'm talking about greed and power and and wanting to be popular and wanting control, I don't think that stuff's going to change. So what's going to put that? What is going to stop if we go back to that? What's going to stop, uh, you know, a thirty-person commune from becoming a couple hundred people uh, commune to becoming a couple thousand people town to then becoming a, a which then a has 20, to be, people which city, then has
1: to be governed. Yeah. Which then has
0: right. there has to be leadership, and then there has to be production, and there has to be food and corporations, and all these different segments and sects of people. What's going to stop that uh, happening from again? Well, well, it's
1: almost like it's almost like these CSAs or these communes, like say, you know, we'll call them a commune or whatever. Not to be confused with communism because that's not what we're talking about. But 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 what is what is what is what is it that's? Do they have to stay small? I guess that's probably my point. Like, like here's my little common thing, right? It's not simple to live simple. no. So you want to live simple, but you see all these things in the way, like you were saying, it was illegal to live off the grid. And you found this by going to selectmen's meetings and things like that. And and I understand what Buckley is asking. And he's like, what stops these small communes from getting too big and getting so big that, that it ends up just being another corporate or another government entity?
3: Yeah. I mean, my answer to that would be people who have a common value in mind I mean, I think I think in the past, or from, or
1: I don't mean mm-hmm, to interrupt you, know, but yeah. you could set forth a charter yeah. with bylaws, and I I, I think and, that's and you really and important. you live within them bylaws, yeah. and the bylaws are written to so that no one person achieves too much power. Yeah,
3: I, I would call that uh, kind of relative governance because you know what we have right now is irrelative governance, irrelative of who you are, what you're trying to do, uh, and really just leave it at that. There's, there's laws that say you can't do these certain things and that's it. You know, if we were to say, okay, well, we can let people uh, live off the land. We can have communities paying in here. We don't need all these all these taxes. I mean, we're, what we're talking about is complete systemic overhaul, if you ask me. So it's a very... Con- and I see where Buckley's coming from in this. And I, I also, you know, the, the grand question for me is how do we achieve systemic stability when... What we've been dealing with is this absolute shit show of a system. And you say, okay, well, you start small. What keeps it from getting big? I think it's just people saying, you know what, we control this instead of the government controls this and puts the laws. And a lot of the time, the laws say, well, if you're going to be a farm, you need to pay us x amount of taxes, or you need to you need to comply with these uh, uh, basically land use uh, 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 statutes. You know, so I mean, state law stands in the way of, of a. A lot of this kind of local initiative, because you say, "All right, well, you go to the state level and you're dealing with state attorneys. Then, all right, you don't have a septic system. Well, fuck you. You know, you're completely out of luck." Um, And if you want to uh, have people living on your land to support this farm, it's a no-go. So I I think the biggest obstacle is just people not being allowed to do this right now. I think it would be a pretty natural progression to that, you know what, we are food-subsistent. We can provide for ourselves even just as a town. And with there being, you know, I mean, I know in the the town that I'm in, there's actually uh, uh, the former chairman of the select board... um, who's still on the select board, uh, is completely supportive of what we're doing, knows that I'm living off-grid, knows that it's illegal, and uh, and yet it's still completely... I I think there's a lot more momentum out there just in people's mindset. So if we were to take this back, I feel like it could be- Yeah, there has to
1: be changes made to make this happen because a lot of these laws, and not to get off subject, but I'm in the automotive business and I'm a state inspector, I'm a safety inspector, which makes me a part of the Department of Motor Vehicles, right? Yeah, yeah. I have other friends that are in this business, and we get together and we say, listen, some of these state inspection laws are so antiquated, this needs a reboot, yeah. these laws need to be revamped, and a lot of them need to go away. Yeah. So we're talking about the same thing yeah. as far as living off the grid, living in groups, small groups that are that are self-sufficient, that mm-hmm. are growing their own food, raising their own animals, uh, providing their own heat.
0: Yeah. yeah. And
1: in some cases, uh, providing their own school and their own own learning, which is probably something else that's going to happen if they start pushing these mandates for these kids in schools to get vaccinated. Now, not getting off the subject, but this is a valid question. I mean, why are the laws the way they are and what is it going to take to change them? Because there's no reason why... Like like me, I have a big family. We have a pretty good plot of land here, and we actually have fields here where we could grow. Like, this land has been resting for many, many years. And this was one of the biggest poultry farms in New England at one time. So this land is has been fertilized. It's ready to rock and yeah. roll. So who's to say that just our family group. Once well, you it, get all the cars off it. And that's what we're doing, right? <laughs> so so we're actually been doing that. You know, we know no, that. No, I know you have. That's yeah, what I said. Yeah. So we, I, my, dream, my, my dream was to turn this place back into a farm yeah. in some way or fashion. Yeah. But what I'm saying is you've got all these laws that stand in the way. But say, but say we have 20 members of my family, which would be a small portion of that. Yeah. And Buckley, we could, we could, we have enough housing here to house quite a few people. Yeah. As a matter of fact, everybody that lives on this property uh, is either a family member or extremely close friend, considered family yeah. member, or a co-host of, or a the co-host. Podcast. Yeah. So, but what I'm saying is, we could actually pull that off here. But then you start looking into, like, I tried yeah. to look into the growing of hemp. Yeah, oh yeah. hemp has been legalized by the federal farm bill yep. right when trump was president yep. try to get your hands on a hemp growers license in new hampshire oh yeah it cannot fucking be done you know what it, it is. there is one person i think in the state of new hampshire or maybe two that have a hemp growers license yeah. to me that sets a precedence yeah what does it take to get this i talked to our local uh representative he gave me the number to the lady at the department of ag i call her oh no we don't do that yeah. like what do you mean you don't do that it is legal well it's not legal in New Hampshire yeah. well how can it be legal on a federal level and not legal in New Hampshire yeah. well it's the same fucking reason why New Hampshire doesn't legalize pot yep. and every other state around us legalizes pot yep. because the government that's in power right now is going to find out a way for them to monopolize on it, it and you do all the work and then make all the fucking money just, so, just well, hold big, on, hold on. There's big this, players
0: too in the state dude. and
1: this is the shit that needs to not go not away yeah, it's just is. like we have the pot dispensaries yeah. but those are all tied into big money people yeah it's not like it's not like up in Maine where Joe Blow can get a pot grows license and grow pot which there is legislation up there trying to trying to price people out of that market by having them put up these multi-million dollar bonds so they can even get a pot grows license which just shows corporate America is moving in on this they don't want they don't want the little man to succeed because they know the money's out there. And every and my father was like this. He always used to tell me, every dollar you make is one that I don't make. Yep. And that was a fucked up way to think about the kid that's been helping you work with you his whole life yeah. and try to make your life easier. Yeah. And you're saying that every dollar I make is one that you're not making? Yeah. Okay, that is the fucking stupidest reasoning I've ever heard of. You're supposed to want your children to do better. Well, wouldn't you think that the government would want the smaller people in this state to do better? Well, yeah, they would but if they, they were... But they don't, though. No. They don't. Yeah, but that's I, I a really... general
0: trend in the government. Well, yeah. Sorry, not to cut you off. But, like, we see this all the time. And I mentioned in past shows those red flag scenarios that I bring up, the eight-mile... Uh, uh, the $0.08 cents a mile tax in July's nice new law, yeah. uh, uh, vaccine mandates, um, I'm sure I brought up other stuff. But the government, federal, I can't say much for local either, don't really have your best interest. No. And what Ron is saying is what he believes is that the government hasn't really found a way yet to profit off of legalizing hemp growth and pot growth um, in a way that they can... Uh, exploit people to basically do their bidding and then make money off of it. But that also goes into play with probably not just government, probably – Rich people that live in New Hampshire that are investors too. Well, who, yeah, who, they're so, tied I into, into hey, And listen,
1: stop? just for just for disclosure, like there is a ton of money in New Hampshire.
0: Oh yeah, oh, yeah. And you, there's We're a lot of very money. very wealthy. Look at
3: Ghislaine Gis- Maxwell. So you see, there's a there's a lot Her of summer homes up here. There's a lot of big money, and you've got these politicians, state politicians, federal, you know, federal, completely different ball of wax, same shit but much bigger. But you look at the state politicians, and you say, okay, there's a lot of money. In the state, uh, special interest in the state. You think of families that have been in the state for a really long time who are tied to the politicians. You know, uh, no matter whatever matter how, how direct, uh, and you say, okay, well, you know, what are they up against now? If you have to say marijuana as a subject, marijuana. Mar- Marijuana. You need to extract a certain amount of income out of that. Now, you say, okay, well, what is that up against? How are they already extracting money from this? They're putting people in prison. Now granted, we've seen decriminalization, you can have up to three quarters of an ounce. Anything over that, though, is still a crime. You can still be penalized for that. You can still be put in jail, have to pay some fines, or otherwise serve the system so the system can make money. So I look at these politicians, even down to somewhat a state level. Uh, uh, sorry, not state level, but but local level. You know, I, I I would not doubt at all that there is local corruption that's involved because you see, these people want money. These oh, politicians. Yeah. They, they they want money. They're they, maybe they're a part of a family who has been in control for a long time. We're looking at antiquity. We're looking at a very old system of control. And that was so much. That was my point.
1: That was my point. These laws are fucking antiquated, yeah.
3: and they were created to en- enslave us to this system of extracting from us. All well, money, and you know, we are robots. Oh. We are slaves. okay. So,
1: so Aaron, give us a couple of examples of some of the battles that you had. Yeah. Wait, can we De- hold on a second? Well, no, hold on. Dealing well- with dealing with why living off the grid is illegal, yeah. and how you decided that you were going to overcome that, and how you did overcome that.
3: Wait, hold on. I heard your question. Go ahead, yeah.
0: Kristen. What do you have to say? I I don't know. She got that weird. She looks like the Joker.
2: I just feel, ever since Ron said he wanted to clear out this land, I'm like, well, I want to grow some veggies and be the herbalist and the medicine doctor.
1: We can have have a whole section for herbs up there. It's not a problem.
0: Weed. (laughs) Opiates.
1: Yeah, no, that was my plan. My plan was to turn this back into a farm, and it's slowly getting there. And I did a big jump this week because big things are going to be happening here in the next couple of weeks. So,
0: what do you got to say?
2: That's what I have to say. That's it? Because I want to see more of this community around me. I mean, the place I go to for Women's Circle is a community like this as well, where they they live off their own food and all kind of contribute to their own community. And I know they had a tiny house living there, but then the tiny house left. So I don't know if the state got involved and kind of kicked the tiny house off the land or what happened there. Well, isn't
1: there some statues where tiny houses are kind of illegal in New Hampshire?
2: I think they are. It's like impossible yeah. to get a loan to build one. Yeah. yeah.
3: and In a lot of towns, you actually have to have a uh, a minimum square footage for what you can build. So, uh, And it
1: depends on sections. Let me give an example. Like in this town... To build out of what we call the village district, you have to have a minimum of two acres in so many feet of road frontage to build a house. That's right. Which to me kind of makes sense. Kind of makes sense because they don't want to have shanty towns. I get it. But if you see somebody's tiny homes, they're beautiful. Oh, yeah. And I don't see any problem with them at all. No. And you know, I had an idea, a loophole for your situation for having people live on this farm. Yeah. Get a campground license. Oh, yeah. That That's would be a loophole. Idea. That would work, yeah. Um,
0: yeah. right? So think about that, or dig a moat around
3: the the, the only whole question, property. The, the the first thing that comes to my mind is. What does it take to get and maintain that campground license? What hoops do you have to jump through, and especially financially? Because you know, looking at this farm, uh, my buddy barely breaks even. I don't get paid. You know, but from I'd say yeah, you're so,
1: doing like a botter, right? For, yeah, yeah, okay. So
3: you know, from late March basically until mid November. Uh, I, I belong to my friend, and he's a great friend of mine. You know, I, I wouldn't change the way. And he's not are. exploiting you. Oh anybody... no, certainly not. Certainly but not. I'm very. I mean, his, I mean, his father. You know, his father is constantly saying, "You know, if only my son worked as hard as you do." Talking to me, so you know, I feel appreciated. I pull a lot of weight there, and I've got my own goals with it and that's recognized so i've got my sovereignty in the situation which is great but still you know it's an it's an enormous uh amount of work and i'm not getting paid for it so and the reason i'm not getting paid for it is because my buddy's not making a whole lot of money doing this you know he can he can grow on his farm enough food to feed you know a good portion of the town who would come to him if we were to choose to do it that way choose to expand even more you know all you say how many people can you feed from one farm but when it comes down to you know what amount of money do you need to make in order for a farm to be a farm or in order for that campground license to, to be valid basically then I think um, you know that that's another potential exploitation on on behalf of state government and even local government Um You know, uh, take an example. There was uh, a guy at the end of the road who just had to sell his house because I think it was $10,000 a year uh, that he had to pay for a uh, view tax. And this was a guy who raised, you know, his own... uh, uh, steer, I guess, you know, not, not female cows. I don't know what he was doing with them, but steer oxen. Yeah. And, and you say, okay, well, you know, this guy's been here a really long time. This is the home of these animals. Yeah. And he
1: got taxed out of his house. And he got
3: taxed out of his house. Yeah. yeah. So that's exactly it. So, you know, I'm totally with you on trying to find loopholes, you know, now, uh, uh, to address the question. of. Okay.
1: Let me just make something else clear. Yeah. Right. I think property tax should be fucking abolished. I agree. Uh, I, I, I yeah. Maybe up to a certain year, because because I think after a certain year, some states do this. After a certain year, you are property tax exempt. I think yeah. Florida was actually one of them. Yeah. Yeah, Beca- because the property tax, the, the clusterfuck in New Hampshire, like whenever the school budget goes up, your taxes go up. Oh, yeah. And, and Because they use your property tax to fund the schools. Now, if you look at your portion of your property tax and what it goes to, what it takes to run your actual town... Is very very small. Oh, yeah. It's very reasonable. Right now, the town that the haunted garage is in, sixty-one percent of our property tax dollar goes to fund the local school district. Yeah, that is fucking insane. Yeah, it is. Yeah, once you own a property, you you should... don't own, you don't own it. You don't well, own it. You think you own
0: it? You don't own it. Well, you don't. Well, you do, but you don't. Well, what do you mean?
1: You no, you don't own it because time. you got to keep paying for it. If if you own something, then you own it. Right. If you no, I get no, hold that. On a you hold on. on, no, you got to keep paying. This. Hold
0: on, yo, you hold on. You got to keep paying property taxes. I get that, but what I'm saying is that what I was trying to say is once you pay the full out mortgage or whatever, you should own the land. Well, you do, but you don't because you
1: still got to pay fucking taxes. If you, if you don't that. pay
3: your taxes, they're gonna take it away from you, is what it comes down. Because
1: it to. should be like this: you pay two hundred and fifty, five hundred, fucking ten grand for a car, and you pay cash for that car. That's your fucking car. Yeah. If right. you choose to insure it, well, then you got to pay for that. You have to pay to register it and inspect it. Other than that. That's it.
3: Yeah. If you right. want to park it on your land, like, like you know, if you
1: don't register it and pay your registration tax, right? Like, yeah. nobody's gonna come and take it.
3: No, I got that. I got that ninety six yeah. Cherokee sitting out in the middle of the woods. I'm nobody's taking gonna, it. Nobody's gonna. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going up there. Get it. Oh,
1: it just, it just upsets me when I hear about yeah, people right. with this ridiculous ten thousand dollar fucking uh, view tax. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. all taxes. Well,
0: that's only that's of. only the view tax. I mean, all taxes are kind of criminal if you think about it. Taxation without representation. Like tax on your money. Okay. Tax on your property. Tax on anything else. Food, whatever. It's all. kind I know. Now, Aaron, since you
1: Ridiculous. said that, since you said that, that, and I've said this on other shows, I feel as though right now our representatives are not representing us.
3: Yeah, agreed. Okay,
1: we are right back in the situation that started America in the oh, first yeah. place.
3: Absolutely. Right
1: now, we're at the point where we get taxation without representation. Yeah, they want us all of our money so they can fucking give it away push their fucking bullshit COVID agenda, Yep. <laughs> and your representative that you voted for to... is a fucking rep- crook. ...to represent you... Right. They right. don't lack an asset constituents anything. No. Like, like, so how it should work, there should be uh, any big laws coming up, like right now with technology, let's do a Zoom call that has uh, 5,000 uh, uh, of my constituents on it. Tax yeah. it. Okay. No, and say, and say okay, this is uh, a bill that's up to be voted on, Tell me what you feel about it. How do you want me to vote for you? Yeah. I am your representative. Yeah. Motherfuckers don't do that. No, so <laughs> no, hold on. So we're at we're back at taxation without representation. We sure are. They take our fucking tax money, they do whatever the fuck they want to with it, and they tell us to go fuck ourselves. Yeah. yeah. That to me is enough to say, okay. Time to stand up. Yep. Time to do shit. Like like you living off the grid. Who the fuck yeah. are they to tell you you can't live off the grid? Yeah. and you know what? When the it... landowner who's paying his taxes yeah. is allowing you to do it, it's nobody's fucking business. Well, with technically, you
0: the federal government owns the land, <laughs> so they can tell you you can't really do that.
3: Well, you know that's the thing. When it especially comes down if they're with...
0: paying property taxes. When comes... I get oh, sorry, sorry, hold on. What I say, I agree with you, Ron. That taxes are fucked up, and I agree with you that. They're totally just squeezing as much money out of the public civilians as possible. And I don't know if that's to destroy the middle class or if they could just get as much money out of people as they possibly can. But in my opinion, taxes, property tax, in um, most other taxes, especially on employment – they're almost criminal. Think about how much taxes are taken out of your money for working.
3: Can I run downstairs real quick? Yeah, do your thing. Bathroom. Cool.
0: We all take bathroom breaks here, but we don't announce it, Aaron. <laughs> Aaron is taking No, so Buckley, a go ahead. Pee. Give me your
1: point of view on that, because I'm interested to hear it.
0: I'm sorry. So, uh, I forget what I was saying. Oh, so, um, uh, so yeah, I agree with you. Property taxes are ridiculous, and the fact that they can... Um, Just increase that whenever they want is insane to me. That sounds criminal. Um, Say they are going to uh, tax you each year. It should be a fixed rate. That shouldn't change. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, if you buy a property, okay, you're going to have to pay this much a year, every year. Maybe maintaining the road or whatever it is. But the fact that also... Your employment taxes, if you work so many hours and you make so much money, you get so much taken out of how much you would actually be making. And that's why there's no incentive to work harder. And that's insane to me. Yeah. Because it's like, if you're making a decent amount of money, it's like, oh, no, the government gets a chunk of that. Why? You're the one working for that money. Why do they get any of it?
1: Yeah, so I say this like when I pay my taxes. It really burns my ass because I'm like, fucking Joe Biden ain't here laying underneath this fucking car while it's dripping slush all over me and I'm trying to fucking weld underneath of it. Right. Welding upside down. He's not here helping me change tires. He's not helping me change oil. He's not helping me fucking state inspect. ain't fucking helping me do nothing. Right. No, he's sitting down in Washington having his ass wiped because he keeps shitting his fucking pants and, and giving these stupid fucking... Uh, where they shouldn't even allow him to talk because he can't fucking make sense anyways. So, point is, none of those motherfuckers are helping me do anything. Yeah, I got to give them money. Let me give you an example. My wife does very well. My wife pays in more taxes than most people fucking make a year. Like, give you an example. Uh, let's just use the figure of $35,000. Okay. That she pays in for taxes. You know what she got back last year? Out of paying in $35,000, you know what she got back? She paid that in taxes? Yes, Income tax.
0: What she got back out of that? 1500 bucks. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's insane. So, that, And yeah. this is the the point that I'm saying. Like, there should be certain taxes. I I agree on some taxes because you obviously, like, police departments, fire departments. And
1: that portion of the property tax bill I have no problem with. Street, I said that. When you look at the breakdown streets, on your property highways. tax bill, Hold on. When you pay that portion of your property tax bill, the portion that it takes to run your fucking town is fucking... Only
0: 40%. Right, but I'm just saying... Or actually, I'm saying, in, in for, our case, if I'm percent yeah. If I'm renting, I'm not paying property taxes.
1: Right, but your landlord is, though.
0: Right. Well, yeah, okay. But I'm just saying... Um, so, taxes for things like that are fine, in my opinion. I guess. Uh, but, I don't know. I guess I don't really know where I'm going with this. It just seems like that... Okay, let me give an you know, example. Well, we all work. You, all, you work. You work. I think you work. You... You're, I don't know, whatever you do, but people that pay taxes, it just seems insane that the government is getting that much. And as well as like, I mean, uh, just look at toll systems alone. Like think think about the Manchester toll between uh, Concord and Manchester. two tolls on 93, could you imagine how much money they take
1: money on a fucking Friday on the weekend? How much money do they make a
0: day, a week, a month, let alone? It's in
1: the millions and millions and millions of dollars.
0: In, like, you, you're telling me you have to take that big of a chunk from my friggin' paycheck that I work shitty jobs and shitty hours, or I'm under a car getting oil or grease or whatever spilled on me, or, well, it doesn't, Aaron, does, it doesn't, uh, you know, for Aaron, but uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, taxes, they're, I don't know, they're just fucked up. I okay, we're getting off subject a little bit. We so are.
1: So, but, but but it's important to bring up how the, the government. Makes it illegal for you to live off the grid, and you just want to be a regular Joe, live your life, do your job, support your family. Do you have a girlfriend that lives with you? Or I do
3: actually. Yeah. Do, I was going to ask if you had a family. I do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're never going to have kids. We have a cat. That's all we need. Never.
1: And so, never so how does enough. she? Uh, right. How did she adapt to living off the grid? It well, was, you know what? Was she... this something that you had to talk her into? Or? No,
3: actually. So, uh, uh, she lived off the grid before I did, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I didn't get into farming until I, I ended up with her, and I say ended up with uh, because it really came out of the blue, came out of absolute thin air how this she. Last choice. Last choice. Oh. No, no. I was uh, I was in a point in my life where I. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to get into that, but, anyways, she and I got together, and I was at a point in my life where I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. Not the first time I'd been at that point in my life. But, uh, you know, I, I'm handling it. I was handling it in this certain way. Well, let's see what happens. I'm bankrupt, just moved back, and uh, you know what I'm going to do. So she lived in a yurt uh, with a farming community. I love yurts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she did too. But she was there for almost two years. And uh, so, you know, I mean, all I would require of anyone who lives with me doing this kind of thing is that you know how to run a wood stove. And that's really it. You know, I'll take care of everything else. Wait, um, so I, I can run
1: a wood stove? Yeah, so. come on over. You'd be surprised in... how many people don't know how to run a wood stove. Oh, yeah. I grew up running a wood stove, so it's nothing for me.
3: But. Yeah. So you know it's it's uh, you know she's got a, a job uh, she's got a job part time uh, more full time this year you know uh, to the tune of six days a week and I'm uh, similarly occupied between the farm and whatever else doing your little side project carpentry, yeah, yeah side project well, we yeah. actually
0: we're doing some carpentry stuff together yeah
3: yeah we just finished a big a garage bit. for a, a guy who was a, a marine pilot and then a commercial pilot for about forty years. Well, um, I only helped a little bit. And I got to say, you know, one, one of the things about this guy is that, you know, as, a, as a, a, a lifetime pilot and a Marine, you know, he sees this COVID thing and he says, no, it's absolute bullshit. Um you know, and, and it's just, it's always refreshing to kind of meet somebody who uh, is, you know, has been within government, if you will. And military. I noticed a lot
1: more people coming out of the woodwork on that to speak out against that. Yeah. More people yeah. are waking up, like you say. So, so give us a few examples of how living off the grid, like how your day goes. Okay. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, let's think about it. Like you need to use a bathroom.
3: Yeah. You need so, to
1: take a shower.
3: Well, <laughs> you need to cook, you while. need to
0: clean, you need to... <laughs> he showers every three weeks.
3: So we don't have running water at the moment. Uh, we're going to... Um, now, do you
0: have access
1: to running water on this farm?
3: Uh, y- yes, we do. Okay. So we have drinking water. We have good well water from the farm. Um, I've got everything I need except the filtration and the pump in order to collect rainwater. And if that... Uh, actually, I... Uh, You gotta get kinda crafty with this. Um, I've got a roof, a metal roof, that's safe for drinking water collection. And underneath it, I've run a uh, serpentine, you know, back and forth pattern. Um, of uh, PEX tubing, so that hopefully, uh, should this work as I as I wish it to, uh, we'll be able to collect water in the winter by firing up a rocket stove. And if it snows, say, all right, I might have to stay up all night and keep this thing cranking so that the roof <laughs> is warm. But maybe we can collect some water. Who knows if it's going to work that way? But so you know, my my average day is get up in the morning. sometime, you know, daylight savings time just happens, so it's a little later. It's kind of fucked me up a little bit, but. Uh, get up in the morning uh, somewhere between 6 and 7 a.m., uh, start the wood stove, uh, get the tea water going, um, you know, if Sarah has to go to work, then all right, I'll bring her to work or her sister will pick her up, okay. After that, a lot of my life lately revolves around firewood. Last year we went into winter, we did not have dry firewood, so my aunt- and that's rough. It was really rough. I mean, the whole winter I was basically just like, what the hell am I going to do? How Where where am I going to find this? And. You know, so we we got through it, but you know the other thing is you're living in a 240 square foot space, and uh, the bedroom, which is about eight by eight, so you could really take it down to about 180 square feet of our main room, is full of wood gas because when you have wet firewood well the one way to dry it out is get the wood stove going and and put yeah put the wood next to it I mean you know this oak wood it smells like piss and it's you know I feel like I'm getting lung cancer (laughs) sitting in my own damn house it smells
1: like cat piss
3: it absolutely does (laughs) yeah Yeah. yeah. it it burns it burns your throat so you know I mean there's definitely a hurdle to getting set up um you have to know how to do just about everything you got to know small engines uh if you're going to collect your own firewood otherwise you better have a job and if you want to try living off the grid and have a job so that you can pay for firewood and maybe car maintenance there's a lot that you need to know how to do yourself um but you know so every single day i'm outside splitting logs that i have uh because we're still just at that point you know eventually i'm gonna have six cores of wood put up to get me through a few years and then whatever trees i have to take down out in the forest great um but yeah it's a lot of house maintenance just keeping the place warm and uh you know cooking and cleaning you got to do but you're, you
1: but you're comfortable and your lady is comfortable with oh it.
3: yeah yeah we're at, we're both perfectly comfortable uh it's a hell of a lot of work but it's worth it because at the end of the day we have our freedom and you know i like to think that if i were to have to defend myself against municipal government again uh that i would be well considered as uh, someone who you might just let uh, kind of slip through the cracks. Just leave you alone.
1: Just leave me fucking alone. So, you know, so let me ask you something, uh, yeah. not to change, but do you
3: have electricity there? Yeah, we do. We have uh, At the moment, we've got 400 watts of solar panels on the roof, a battery that weighs 130 pounds, which is as much as I weigh, uh, <laughs> and a charge controller. Now, we just upgraded um, and spent the greater part of a grand... So you're t-
1: producing your own electricity. We
3: produce our own electricity. Okay. Uh, we do have a generator. Do you um, have but, solar panels? Yeah, we've got four solar panels. I've got four more that are going to go up in an upgraded charge controller. Um, now, the thing is, you know, looking at this situation, this whole COVID situation, this whole vaccine mandate, supply chain, yada, yada, whatever they're trying to push on us. Either way, I don't want to have to be up a tree out part, in the middle of the woods, of even either. though I'm usually up a tree climbing to, you know, whatever. But, uh, Those climbing so, spikes are hard. You know, that's the thing. We're, we're, I just bought two 55-gallon barrels. From this town, some guy in this town, fill them up with ethanol free gasoline. Store it, who knows how, you know, to try and just get through whatever's coming. You gotta be prepared if you're gonna live off grid like that. You know, your snowmobile breaks down, you're a half mile into the woods, you gotta know how to work on carbs, you know, just so. Yeah, 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 we're we're constantly trying to get ahead of the. Ball. Yeah, so my
1: point is, living okay. off grid is not easy, which is an example of how hard it was for people back in the day to oh, yeah. just
3: live. I mean, right? that's a, there's this uh, there's this saying. It's you know, uh, I'm an organ- uh, I, I practice organic farming, or as and it's kind of like what you said earlier, or as my grandparents called it, farming. You right. know, a hundred years ago, this was the norm. Um, if you wanted to collect your firewood, well, somebody's got to have an ax, you know, chainsaws came around at whatever point. Okay. Well, you know, you got to work on those. Everything costs something. So, but yeah, it's not easy, but I'll tell you the, the greatest benefit of it is the enormous amount of freedom that I have. And now it's not like, you know, if, if, if Sarah and I were to have our own land somewhere, wouldn't i love it wouldn't i love it if i could do everything on the farm my own way say we're gonna collect leaves we're gonna mulch this way we're gonna cover crop this way instead of pulling teeth with my buddy you know and i love him to death but sometimes just the way it is you know if we had our own land It would be a piece of cake. All we got to do is manage our home, grow our own food. Easy enough. But when you're working with a farm that's supporting a community, going to a farmer's market, there's a lot more work. So I say, okay, I've got all this freedom. And that is certainly the benefit of it. And winter comes around, and it might be the hardest time of year. But for me, it's also the most peaceful and enjoyable time of year, because finally, everybody's done asking me for help with all the things that happened during the on season as a farm. Um, But you know, that said, I would hope that if I were to come up against municipal government and have to defend my situation, I'd say, look, you know, we're trying to grow food. We're trying to bring back heritage wheats that can make it through a diverse climate. And so nowadays you've got this, quote-unquote, bread wheat, which everybody grows in the grain belt. Uh, You know, it's just one foot tall. Use a a combine to harvest it, which is later than the ideal edible stage of it. We're trying to bring back a little bit of humanity's self Reliance and if anybody wants to get in my way about that, they're gonna get a fucking earful and that's all I got to say. But the only reason I've got the time and the energy to do this is because I'm not out busting my ass 40, 50, 60, 70. I've worked 70 hour weeks in my life. I used to work at a restaurant for 70 hours a week. Don't want to do it again. I would not change. And there's,
1: and there's no time to do anything else other than get yourself something to eat, get cleaned up, go to bed, get up and do it all over again. That's it. And it's what a I, goddamn what, what, vicious
3: know, know, fucking cycle. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And you know, you get the party. you know, for me, I, I could handle the party favors. You see plenty of people in the <laughs> machine who just can't handle the party favors. And you say, okay, well, you got this, you want to talk about a real epidemic, a real epidemic of, uh, you know, uh drug usage that's very detrimental to people so i mean the system is eating people alive i wanted to get out of it i got out of it i wouldn't trade it for anything i in the last two three years have worked harder than i've ever worked in my entire life before but on this uh, uh, uh in the same breath i've learned more skills you know i can fix a small engine you know a two-stroke like nobody's business i know how to work on my own truck now it's incredibly empowering. I think people need to get back to this because you know I'm all for there being mechanics who say you know we know what we're doing, we really know what we're doing. But you know people changing out their shocks, their brakes at the same time. People should know how to do the things that 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 that, that maintain the uh, uh, just the happenings of their daily life. And I think a lot of that's been stripped away th- from us uh, from you know the system. So I wouldn't change a thing about it. It's a lot of work. But it's worth it and I kinda look at it like somebody's gotta do it and if I were to die ten days from now at least I tried.
1: Right. So so you're nice. totally fine with living off the grid. It's a good system for you. It works for you.
3: Oh yeah. Works oh, yeah. for you for he now. Has too. Yeah. Oh, Kristen,
1: yeah. did you have any questions about off grid living? Um,
2: I guess when you were talking about how you guys have something to grow all year round, what what do your winter crops look like? Like, what do you have growing or getting ready to grow for the snow
0: season?
3: Well, uh, at the moment, that's not much. Uh, where my buddy, whose farm it really is, I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a helper. I consider myself a helper, so he's he's the driving course behind this. He, at the moment, does not have a whole lot of winter subsistence farming. However, you look at, uh, you know, you can jump on YouTube. There's a guy in, I think, Nebraska, and. Uh, he's got a geothermal greenhouse, and all you gotta do is dig down deep enough, you're gonna hit 50 to 55 degree soil, basically, the Earth's geothermal, you know, the Earth's heat. Um, and if you can, you know, run a couple of solar panels, run a fan, this guy somewhere in Nebraska, it's either Nebraska or North Dakota. Is growing avocados, lemons, oranges, uh, you know. Like stuff the, that
1: doesn't typically grow there. Yeah,
3: Florida crops. Yeah. Um, so,
0: Geothermal uh, heating is also is being used in houses too to heat yeah. homes. Oh,
3: yeah. I mean, it's incredibly efficient. You know, the heat's there and all you got to do it's is It's actually good time.
1: to cool your home also.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, during the summer. Yeah. yeah. Um, so at the moment, not much. However, uh, lettuces and greens, a lot of nutrients right there. Uh, and as far as grains go, you want to grow enough grains. You know, I, I, just ordered, uh, 50 pounds of, uh, einkorn, which is, I'd say, uh, and, and you know, is Backed up by research, the most nutritious grain, also the most edible grain uh, for people who struggle with gluten intolerances. Uh, from breadtopia.com, uh, the guy's a good supply. What's supplier. it called? Einkorn. Einkorn. Uh, oh, corn. E- Ein yeah, E-I-N. So it stand, it's a German word for uh, single kernel. E-I-N means one, and then corn is kernel. Yeah. So. Um, You know just order 50 pounds of that that's the grain that i'd like to be growing myself uh more than any other grains although there's uh you know rye spelt a lot of other ones that are serve different purposes as far as baking and actually you know part of it is okay you want to eat food but if you're going to be getting through an entire winter you don't want to just be eating oatmeal you know or else you're going to go insane so you know it's really a matter of instead of uh you don't necessarily have to grow food all throughout the winter although you can but at least throughout the year grow enough storage food that's my goal is i want to be you know by the time october comes around i want to be harvesting all the last of whatever i've got in the ground and be set and rest for four months
1: yeah, so. and get back to, like, my wife uh, grew up uh, around, you know, my wife is 100%, 100% Finnish, mm. and her grandmother obviously is also, and uh, and I want to say her great-grandparents on both sides actually came directly from mm. Finland, and the town where you initially started yeah. out, that's oh, all Finnish. Did there's you, a lot of Finns there. Did, did you, you know mom, that? My mom yeah. grew
3: up in uh, New Ipswich. And yeah. uh, she talks about heavy all the duty finished population oh, yeah. down here.
1: Anyways, where the story is going is my wife knows how to can. So when we have our gardens, we do a lot of canning in the fall. But did you notice the big shortage of canning supplies? The pickling salts, uh, the, the ball jar bands and lids, a uh, huge shortage of that. So what yeah. does that tell you? People are getting back into doing this. Yeah. And there's actually Facebook pages where you can go and source this stuff from people yeah. and trade. Like, hey, I've got these regular jars, but I need some wide mouths. Yeah. Well, like, I prefer wide mouths, and I prefer the quilted, which is just my own preference. Yeah. I mean, I know it's no different. But, I mean, we can things like our jalapenos and tomatoes and, you know, and whatever is cannibal that we eat a lot of during the season. Yeah. And uh, and it seems to work out really good. Yeah. But, but now, I mean... You, you can't even go and buy. Like, you have to go, like, in June and start hunting up your canning supplies. Yeah, you do. Yeah, which just, which just gives you an indication of how many people are getting back into that. Yeah. Okay, so, so, so I think everybody needs to start working together. People need to start supporting each other a lot more than they are. It's, it's, it shouldn't be the me, me, me fucking society. And I was never that way. Listen, I help people out here every day. And 80% of them appreciate it. The other 20, I'll help them out a few times. And when I find out, they're like, oh, well, he'll help you out. Let's just take advantage of that. Well, I catch on to that real quick. Yeah. Right. But I mean, just like you say, like providing a service, like I do a lot of welding and say, uh, and not so much now because a lot of the farmer generations have changed and they're younger kids that are actually getting into it and they know how to weld. And now you can go buy a portable welder Uh and have a freight for four Uh or 500 bucks. So, so they're learning how to do it and they're doing it themselves. But I remember back in the day, like all summer farmers would be in here. Oh, Hey, can you weld this for my tractor or this implement or whatever? Yeah, sure. No problem. Uh You know what I mean? So, but I mean, those skills are still necessary. Yeah, they are. But I think we need to go to go back to that. And that's why I was really interested and excited to have you come on the show, Aaron. And I want to thank you for that. No,
3: thank you. Yeah. And
1: uh, and we'd like I to guess. do, uh, we'd like to get together again, like in the spring. And let's do a follow-up episode of how your winter went.
3: Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me say this. Uh, one thing I do have stored up for winter, which is available to anybody, regardless of skill, just takes a little bit of knowledge is uh, edible wild mushrooms, oh. Oh, which okay. are incredibly nutritious mm. uh, and just really good for you health-wise. I've probably, in a matter of maybe eight or 10 weeks uh, that I was harvesting before it got too cold and it kind of switched over and Now, got were busy. you
1: talking when you were wildcrafting or forage, foraging? Oh yeah,
3: going out uh, all sorts of different woods, not yeah. just on the property either. But I mean, I probably found, I'd say 60 pounds of porcini mushrooms. And, uh, you know, that might, re- that, that might dry up to be, you know, a tenth of that. But I've got all of those dried mushrooms. Super nutrients too. Oh, yeah. And you just, you know, you put them in some warm water and blow them right back up. And Smoke you've, got, <laughs> you've got food for the winter. So, you know, it's, it, there's so many ways that we could provide for ourselves if only we had the time. I was actually lucky
0: enough. One day when I was at the farm where Aaron kind of took me out for a little bit. Not very long, but was just kind of showing me some... Edible mushrooms to pick, uh, and that you could eat. Some of them actually looked like penises. <laughs> well, those are morels. Do you do you find morels?
3: Uh, those are in spring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those and those were, are nice. Were those are the cock mushrooms? I've never had. Yeah.
1: I've never had those. But which I really ones are would Like to try them.
3: Yeah, they're, they're nice. You can stuff them with things and bake them, or just saute them up. Which ones are the ones that look like dicks? Uh, probably the porcini mushrooms. Uh, Either the black trumpet mushrooms. No, it was the the black trumpets. The
1: psilocybin ones is the ones I always used to like when I was a kid. I like those the cow patties. Those are pretty great. On the cow patties. Okay, so listen, we're uh, getting to the end of the show. Buckley, uh, actually, Kristen, do you have any final words? You've been very quiet tonight.
0: Yeah, why aren't you talking?
2: There, there's a lot of Hold on and yelling back and forth, and I just I couldn't find quite as many chances as usual. But no, I don't really have anything. It was a really good topic, and I was happy to listen to it.
1: And, uh, and we can get together, and if you want to start doing something here in the spring, we'll get together with that, Kristen. Because I'm serious, we're doing that. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do that we're gonna turn a lot of that pasture out there back into farmland Well I'm yeah. gonna
2: be living here too Oh we're you are <laughs> Build oh. a little shipping container home
1: Oh yeah yeah hey you know I got a junk air license that could say yeah, we're just gonna fill it up with junk so uh so Buckley you usually have some ending ending words to finish <laughs> off a nice little passage or whatever
0: All right can we all hold hands? no all right well, she's I'll hold Kristen's hand. <laughs> no, so I know, like maybe, maybe I sound like a naysayer tonight with all the well, not maybe, not just tonight in general, but tonight with all the questioning of the, you know, wow, well, how will this not convert back to capitalism? How are we gonna, you know, stop the next generation of Rockefellers, elites, Bazaars, Saudi Arabia, old oil money, whatever families, um, you know, becoming global. Globally dominant, and I still have those questions, and I don't know if they were answered tonight. And well, maybe
1: we could look into that and do a follow up on that. Maybe, uh, maybe,
0: yeah. but um, because it's a valid question. It's a very, but valid question. I think, question. it needs
1: more than one simple answer. There's no simple answer to that question.
0: Yeah, and I agree. And, and but I do want to say that I do think what Aaron's doing is wicked cool. Um, and kind of look up to that. Uh, kind of wish I could do it. Obviously, I can't yet or am not yet. Um, well, I think it's something you have to mentally prepare yourself for. Well, I think you have. To, I think you have to. Because you can't do it halfway. I don't think it's just mentally preparedness. I think you you have to take the time to actually like look into logistics uh, and kind of get more into the the side of things where you are going to be working and fixing things and not just working a job and paying bills. Right. <clears throat> Which is something to look up to, and honestly, I would like to do, but I'm not there. But So I want to say I think that's all really cool, and it's awesome and great. Um, But to go back to what I was saying earlier about the whole thing uh, with the globalist elites and capitalism taking over, and I mentioned this briefly, I think – in order for to kind of fully convert back to the way that Aaron is talking about living life or you had brought it up with the trade and bartering in small communities, um, I really do think there needs to be a shift in consciousness, um, a shift in the way that we look at reality in life and, and, and breaking out of the whole system and, and trying to find ways not to just rely on, you know, the government and corporations and all these these kind of bullshit societal norms that we just kind of we just kind of accept or we've been programmed or indoctrinated to accept um, I think our reality of norm does need to change and I think it is changing with everything that's awakening but um, this shift in consciousness it needs to I, I feel like it needs to go beyond um, the me the I, Uh, perspective of things um and and Ron kind of talked about this and Aaron kind of brought this up and I agree with that perspective a hundred percent like people need to just stop you know thinking about what is best for them for them people just need to you know if they see someone in need not just necessarily be well it's not my problem you know well all that sucks for them but I'm doing fine I think that attitude needs to change um you know, a stronger community, even if you are still in the system, a stronger community of getting to know your neighbor, getting more involved in in the local areas needs to happen. Because, you know, as much as you might think that bigger system or government or, or elitists or corporations are there to help you, they're really not. Right. Um, and people that will help you are going to be friends, family. Uh, people you take the time to know, people you help out, uh, people you develop relationships with. So I would, I would want to say, uh, people should focus on that as much as possible, and you know, s- just stop relying so much on the system that we have all been accustomed to living
1: in. Yeah, programmed yeah. into. Yeah, we've been programmed into the system where. You sleep, you get up, you shower, you get your coffee, you get out the door, you work for, you know, people that say, oh, I worked uh, seven hours, say, yeah, big fucking deal, dude. I had seven hours in by two o'clock in the afternoon, right? So you work in eight, 10 hours, sometimes 12 hour days. And I've done it and I did it for many years growing up. Uh, I had a lot of responsibility growing up around this place and I put a lot of hours in. And that's why I kind of fight back now. Like, I don't want to put that much time in. But, but anyways, but, but I learned a lot. You know, I learned a lot. I learned skills. Like my father always said, if you can learn a skill, that skill is marketable, even if you have to use it to barter with. It. And he was right uh, when it comes to that. So, uh, so Aaron, I want to thank you for coming in. Thank right. you, Ron. And my, thank you, my... Buckley.
0: Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead, Buckley. Sorry. Uh, I was just going to say thanks, Aaron, for coming on.
1: Yeah, Thank let's you. have let's drink to that.
0: Yeah, everyone drinks, besides Chris. I'm Kristen. drinking hey. uh,
1: Buckley and Iya drinking Switchback tonight. Aaron's drinking a Foster. Thanks for coming
0: on. We're obviously gonna have you on again. Kristen yeah. is drinking. What are you drinking, kid? That, uh, blood. That
2: Be Good Yum Berry ras,
0: Oh, the Be so Good it. again. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Okay, so
1: let's one two three drink to Drink them up, hey. hey.
0: We should, at some point, get back to the drink review.
1: Yeah, we'll do that. Hey, you know, I like that switchback. Oh, I love switchback. not bad at all, and I'm not a beer drinker. It's real fucking good. So, anyways, Kristen, thank you for coming down. I know you didn't get to interact too much, though. But it was nice to see you in uh, in the studio, and uh, the listeners really like you. So, that's cool. She's just smiling. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Like you guys,
1: too. Okay, so, uh, on behalf of Aaron, Kristen... Uh, Buckley, uh, you know how to get a hold of us. Thank you for listening. Again, thank you for your support. You know where to find me. Instagram, Ron from New England. Uh, The Wicked Planet Podcast. Email us at the Podcast at gmail.com. I am on Twitter, Ron Lane. I am on Telegram, I believe, Ron Lane. And I am on... Where's the other one that I'm Ron from New England? Oh, I'm on TikTok now. Instagram? No. Well, Instagram.
0: Oh, you're on TikTok? Uh, But I am
1: on TikTok now. Uh, I wanted to do some videos for the show on TikTok nice. eventually. It's kind of hard to get into it. My
0: OnlyFans is fifty percent off this week.
1: Buckley <laughs> has announced that his OnlyFans will be shutting down at the end of the month. So do not fucking subscribe. No, I said right it's fifty percent off. He, nah, I mean, yeah, it should be ninety percent off. Why are you saying it's shutting down? Because you're shutting down because there's, there's no activity. You haven't. You had like it, those feet pics, you Ron? You have not had a post. You like those feet? Three pics. months. What? You have not had a post in three months I
0: posted last night and I went live the night before Well
1: I think my account's been shut
0: out I was doing all heel content yeah, Of my feet I, I don't think I need to see that uh, Okay, so Why so are you subscribing so to much? To
1: fucking help you out to show support We were just talking about that Help your friends all right, and neighbors Alright alright What are we doing here? We're getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> everybody, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. Cool subject. We're going to revisit it. We're going to talk to Aaron again. See how his winter went. If he survives. If he's not dead. If he's not dead. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening. Ron from New England, signing off.
2: Kristen, be nice to... Well, not... Talk to my, meh, I, I suck at this. <laughs> Terrible. Be nice to animals, people.
0: Terrible. I'm out of here. Aaron.
3: Thanks, everybody, for hearing me out.
0: Buckley, out!